0: A little disclaimer before we get rolling here. You're about to hear some ads. They are all from local entities that want to support the baseball community. A lot of these guys have deep connections. We're players themselves, so if you see having a need for any one of these services, please go patronize these guys. Thank you. We are also brought to you by Jason Knedler and the Bank of Springfield. They have a whole baseball team over there. I'm talking Jason Knedler, Justin Knedler, Timmy Ball Wallen, Eric Weaver, Ryan Murphy, Greg Morantz, Murph Mathiot, Frank Stefano. I trust these guys. I respect these guys. Go see them for all your banking needs. Bank boldly with BOS. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you. We are also brought to you by 226 Sports, located at 3604 North Peoria Road, 217 670 1609. Springfield info at turn2outs.com. Uh, multiple entities under this umbrella. Turn two training, which is team or individual instruction. Teams can come in and rent it out, or an individual can come in and get instruction from a top of the line instructor. Uh, There's the Extreme Baseball and Softball Club run by my buddy Kyle Welch. They have nine U all the way up to 17 U teams, and Washco Strength and Speed, one of our other sponsors. We are officially backing this entity, and it's because of Kyle Welch. I love this guy, I love his passion, I love his knowledge. Uh, I love his vision. He's an absolute baseball dude. He knows hitting. Uh, Like I said, he has a vision to grow this into what Springfield deserves, and that's a top-of-the-line facility to help young ballplayers progress. I believe in Kyle as a person and as a leader of young men. Go see 226 Sports. We are also brought to you by 22 Fresh, a street and sport clothing line. They do baseball. They do hockey. They do custom jerseys, team wear. I've been rocking 22 Fresh since my 20s, uh, Kip and I, the owner, go back a long time. We've always been friendly. He was a stud baseball player at the University of Evansville back in the day. I still rock 22 Fresh to this day. I believe in this company. Um, tons of pros you've seen uh, rocking 22. Bryce Harper, Jason Wirth, Pudge, Ian Desmond, Andrew McCutcheon, Mike Morris, Alex Manoa. Uh, head on over to 22fresh.com. Use the code Spread for 20% off. It's okay to be loud and have fun and look fresh. If that makes you feel good, go for it. Thanks 22 Fresh, we appreciate you guys. It brings me great pleasure to announce that we are now brought to you by Iron Palm Coffee, located in the parking lot at Soccer World, Lawrence and Durkin, right off Veterans Parkway. This is a long time coming. This is a good friend of mine, uh, a very inspirational friend of mine. He's had this vision for years. Finally coming to fruition. He fell in love with the coffee business many years ago because it connects people. It brings people together. Uh, Personally, I am forever in debt to this guy and his story. It's inspirational. He's been through a ton. Um, I think he's a warrior and a champion of a person. Uh, So go see Iron Palm Coffee in the parking lot of Soccer World. Put some iron in your blood. We appreciate you, Iron Palm Coffee. We are also brought to you by Christ the King Men's Club. This was facilitated by my good buddy, John Chisholm. We grew up playing baseball together, played on the flame together, played high school ball. He played some college ball at Spoon River. This is a great organization. They put on tons of events. They raise money for the school. They put it back into the academics, into the sports. They do bourbon raffles, breakfast with Santa, mother-son dances, silent auctions. It's all positive. It's all good. We really appreciate you, Christ the King Men's Club. Thank you. Hey guys, we are back. This is the post game spread. I'm your host, Blake Helm. This is going to be part three with my man Jay to the U. Sitting next to me here, we're gonna write the last chapter and close the book and go through, you know, kind of the, the tail end of his career and kind of how that went, and then how things have gone for him afterwards. We did kind of screw up a little bit some of our our, of our timeline. His 2005 and 2006 were kind of similar here, so. We're going to leave it as his 2005 season, his second stint in the big leagues, is kind of wrapped and we're going into the offseason for his sixth year. J.U., how are we doing, brother?
1: Good, man. Yeah, we, we, we messed up a little bit. But, you know, the, really the only difference was is in 2005 I did start the year in AAA yeah. and ended up going to AA just to fill in. There was there was something logistically where it made sense after I went up to the big leagues just to fill in for a bereavement for Mike Matheny. They needed me to just fill in the AA for a series, and then they were going to get me back to AAA. So that's why those stats were reflected there. It was 2006, which we're getting ready to get into, yeah. is where I actually started the year in AA and kind of went on a little, you know, mental mental breakdown because of that. <laughs> you know, I had a good year in AAA the year before. I right. got called up to the big leagues again, even though I'm not getting to show what I can do in the big leagues on a regular basis, you know, so I, I felt like there was no reason for me to go back to AA. Yeah. And sure. so, um, essentially, I made the best of it. But, yeah, 2006 is, um, you know, went to spring training, and I had one option left. I had already used up an option in 04, used up an option in uh, 05, and um, I am basically got one option left. For those people that are listening that don't realize, you only get three options. You can go up and down as many times yeah. uh, to and from the, the big leagues on the same option in, in a year. But um, so this is this is going to be a big year for me. 2006 is going to be a big year for me to figure it out. And the fact that they sent me to AA – uh, to start the season, did not make me happy. Sure. Been there, done that, right. cold, not not a great place to, no. to play. Right. And so um, I went there, but, it, you know, again, we've already kind of talked about it. I was only there for a month and ended up in, ended up in AAA. And um, I think the main reason for, for that right. is we, we actually had another catcher kind of come through the ranks a little bit. It was Eliezer Alfonso. Right. And he was tearing it up, and he was, he was kind of raising some eyebrows on the things that he could do offensively. Mm-hmm. And though my offensive numbers were – were solid. They weren't um, to the point where they were what he was doing with with home run powers. Right, and he was a Venezuelan and put up good numbers in winter ball every year. And so, I think it was just um, they were going to start him in AAA and give him everyday playing time. And they wanted me to still get everyday playing time, so they ended up sending me to Double A to get that. Right, Um, and then, you know. Ended up back in AAA and he went, Eliezer went to the big leagues a little bit um, when um, Matheny got his concussion because that was the year M- uh, Matheny got his concussion. Yeah. So I ended up back in AAA and then still got called up at the end of the year in, in 2006. But again, those 2006 numbers uh, were solid. I mean, I, I think I had a pretty good year there as well.
0: Here we so. go. Uh, 2006 numbers, very solid. Uh, 71 games in AAA, 233 at bats, 13 doubles, four triples, four bombs, 253 uh with yeah so that that's your 2006 year
1: stats. yeah so we're so again respectable you know that 250 number you know you're one for four you're absolutely you know you're not a liability with the bat in your hand no. you, you know those numbers aren't exactly lighting it lighting the world on fire but again i'm i'm hitting in the eighth hole you yeah. know i'm um, hitting at the end of the lineup now that i'm in double a AA and triple a i'm no longer leading off like i did in a ball yeah. and so um yeah, just staying ready because you never know you what your 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 phone call away you're still in the 40 man things are still yeah. things are still solid but Absolutely. You're still yeah, that, relatively young yeah and Fresno Fre- I wanted to be in Fresno because the weather's great yes. you know the the travels actually the travel is we're flying everywhere but we're flying commercial you know so we're getting on these these plane rides at 4 a.m 5 a.m yeah. and the PCL for those that don't realize I mean the Pacific Coast League yeah. you're playing in Iowa and Nashville in new orleans a lot of like, travel, are these, a what, are, of what are these teams doing in the pacific coast right. league you know it just never it never made any sense but um yeah. so the the travel was a little more grueling uh, yeah we're not we're not taking bus rides but we're on these 4 a.m wake-up calls you know just to be able to get to the city that we're going to right. um and if there's any delays at all with with the commercial airliners i mean we're kind of sol so yeah. um but the pcl is a is a hitting league i mean there's yeah. all kinds of ballparks there where you could you could light the world on fire and some people did right
0: so does anything stand out about this year that you remember that was just significant before we get to your call up essentially
1: you know um not not really you know you know i've i'm at this point i mean i'm a veteran i'm a veteran catcher yeah you know i I, i've gotten a couple you know cups of coffee in the big leagues and with two september call-ups um i'm I'm well respected around the league uh, you know amongst the other coaches and the other players that have been around for a while Um, I really, like I think I mentioned before, I got very involved with the community in Fresno. Right. Was very f- uh, fan-friendly. Yeah. Matter of fact, there were there, to, there were these two little girls that sat down right next to the dugout, and uh, their names were Savannah and Naomi, and I think they might have been like six and eight years old. Mm-hmm. But I was their favorite player, so I'd always go talk to them after the game and sign autographs, and their mom and dad were very nice. And they actually asked me uh, if I wanted to use their cabin during the All-Star break. Really? Yeah, and so... Um, they, they, they and there was up in the, um, you know, Sierra Nevada mountains and everything. But I uh, just had a great rapport with the fans there. And like I said, it was it was a great stadium to play in. Um, it was downtown Fresno, which is a little bit suspect, you know, and, and, and not not as safe as you would want it to be. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I, I loved I loved I loved playing in Fresno. It yeah, was great.
0: 25 years old at this time. So, you know, still got some youth on your side. Still feeling like you got some time ahead of you to develop. I mean, you're obviously right there if you've been called up a few times.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just staying consistent. Yeah. You know, trying to trying to keep uh, your your numbers where they need to be. And again, um, I was I was always told that you know catching comes first, and I, that's how right. I always played the game yeah. anyway. So I just continued to like do that. my job behind the plate and uh, try to put up as best offensive numbers as I can. And, can you get um, a, a
0: feel on the, on the temperature or like how they're valuing you, what they think of you at this point, or like? is that disgust or everything
1: everything is is solid you know everything is positive you know and so going back to double a you know that 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 put a little shock in my gut because it was like what the the heck but of course now i've got now i've got competition you know up until this point up until this year 2006 i was the only only real catching prospect in the organization i mean they had a couple younger guys that were you know they were going to try to groom and you know maybe you know, like a, there was a second round draft pick at right. a Long Beach, I think. Yeah, but you weren't feeling threatened by him. I wasn't. No, there was not there was nothing there. I was, and I never really thought about that anyway. I was going to go out and do my job regardless of who else sure. was in the organization. Yeah, can't control that. But now they they send me back to Double A, and there's this other catcher, Eliezer Alfonso, and um, essentially he's ahead of me at this point. Now he's he's ahead of me. There, you know, they yeah. send him to Triple A over me. So, right. um, but I was a team player. I was an organizational guy. You know, I. After, after that initial gut punch you know I, I made the best of it yeah. and I ended up like I said back where I where I, I needed to be I mean, are um, there any
0: talks like with coaches with, with or anyone within the organization of like hey we want you to work on this in the offseason or we want you to be better at this or this is what we need to see from you well is sure like you know that?
1: sure there's always there's always an end of the year kind of exit meeting and um there was there was nothing ever you know that was uh glaring that they just needed me to get better at I right. mean I was catching yeah. I was throwing you know, you always want to keep your, your catching skills refined. But offensively, I think it was just being consistent. Yeah. And I, I could honestly say that throughout the year, I would have some pretty good hot and cold spells. Matter of fact, you know, that year in A in 2004, I got really hot at the end of the year, and that boosted my average up to that 274, 275, whatever yeah. it was. Until then, I think I was only hitting about 240. I, I mean, I Jason went on a three-week that,
0: that Sometimes you would be kind of streaky.
1: Yeah. Sometimes. I mean I, I I really did. I went on like the last month of the season. I just went on a tear and it really it really got that average up. Um, and I think the same thing holds true for um, you know some of these other years. I mean, I ended up at 250, but I probably was hitting 220 and I had that <laughs> I had I had that 3 week stint where, you know, I just didn't make an out right. and before you know it you're raising your your average, you know, 30 40 50 points. Yeah. So
0: so we we get to a, a September call up here. Yeah. Your, your third one here. Or
1: yeah, this is 2006. So this is my yeah. third time getting called up in yeah, September. And last time, uh, yeah, essentially it is. This is my last. This is my last time uh, in the big leagues. This yeah. was 2006. You know, again, you get called up, you stay ready, yeah. and there still wasn't that much playing time to be had. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. um, all the all the older guys are still there. Of course, we've got we've got Matt Kane in the big leagues now, and we've got Tim Lincecum, and there's some uh, there's there's some youth on the pitching staff, but from um, from the position player side and everyday player side we're still a pretty old team a very old team right. and I think the organization made a commitment all along that as long as Barry Bonds was around that they were going to commit to bringing in veterans you know right. trying to trying to, to trying to make a run there was not going to be a re- rebuilding effort yeah while Barry was there right and so um, unfortunately that youth movement uh, an opportunity never really came for me, I never really got that chance it's all to play. About timing, it. isn't it? Man? Yeah, I mean, gosh, it, it's so much it, timing. It is timing, and, I, and again, I, yeah, I never, I only got one start in the major leagues, one and it start. was, um, it was the last, it was the last day of the season, I believe, in two thousand six. Um, I got to catch Brett Tomko, and it was it was against Arizona and facing Brandon <laughs> Webb. And but, he's coming off one of the Cy best Young.
0: sinkers right in the game at this point. He's
1: coming off as Cy Young winner. And yeah, I hit three choppers. To third base. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean and so and I think every time <laughs> I went back to catch up, like, yep, there's where that ball chopped right down to the ground, you know. But, yeah. um, but so it was so cool. And actually, what was really cool about that outing was Brett Tomko um, needed he needed to throw, um, like eight and a third innings to hit his last incentive. Really? For his, get it? Yeah, his contract yeah he threw a, he threw a complete game wow yeah he threw a he threw a complete game uh we won uh three to one i believe yeah. and um he he goes yeah man hey kid, I'm gonna have to get you a check for getting me get me through that incentive yeah. I never saw any check but uh, but anyway he um yeah he he reaches incentive, so it's kind of cool that I got to catch a, a complete game and what would be like
0: in. a typical day in the big leagues for you let's just say so so you're starting that day yeah. right so you did you did you know you were starting they told you you were gonna get the call um you that know what
1: day? i don't I don't think he did. Okay. I, I think it was um, – actually, he did. He said, hey, you're going okay. so to start tomorrow. You're going to get to get So what does that prep
0: look like for you from when you get to the ballpark and you handling your, your, your pitchers, handling your own stuff, your hitting, your, all that stuff? I'd love for you to take us through that if you could. Yeah,
1: I like – regardless of whether I was playing or not, I like to get to the ballpark early. Like how early? So if it's a 7 o'clock game, I mean, I'm getting there around noon, 1
2: o'clock. Oh, I love it. I mean, it, I'm, grabbing, I'm grabbing lunch maybe. You're one maybe. of those clubhouse guys. would love get, to be I'll, there. Yeah, I'll get to the sure. clubhouse
1: and grab something to eat. You know, maybe it's do some, maybe there, yeah, maybe do some early stretching or maybe get in a light workout. Right, um, and you're always kind of snacking throughout the day. You know, but yeah, um, yeah so I would uh, you know just kind of see what's going on, see if anybody needed any extra work on the on the, in the bullpen session. I was always willing to catch a bullpen, you know, and work with those guys. Um, just depending on the day, you know, if I feel like I need some extra stretching, I do that. But once uh, once kind of three o'clock, three thirty hit, you know, you went out for the, with your team warm up. So you're taking batting practice. You know, you might have some extra bullpens to catch or something like that. Uh, so you're doing all your on-field game prep as a team, and that usually would go from, you know, 345 to, you know, 445, and then the visiting team would always kind of come in after that yeah. and do their stuff. Um, so you just had, you had about an hour downtime. Yeah. But if it was a 7, seven o'clock game time, you're, you're heading out about 615, 620, I always like to get my stretching in and just make sure that I was ready. And as soon as that starting pitcher would come out, I wanted to take him from his first throw, his first warm-up throw, all the way to his last warm-up pitch on the mound. Yeah. And we would walk walk to the dugout together and.
0: Just to get in sync with them and. Yeah. Okay. Yep.
1: And so, and and there was always a little, maybe a little conversation about, you know, um, depending on who the pitcher was, sometimes they wanted to meet before we went out just to talk about the game plan because we'd have the other teams line up. Yeah. And so we'd sit there and say, oh, hey, we're going to, we're going to pitch this guy this way or we're going to pitch this guy that way. And so there was a little bit of, um, you know, strategy there and, and, and scouting report to go through. A lot to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Before we get past this, I would love to know, was there anything unique about how Barry, uh, prepped himself as a hitter? or What kind of stuff he was doing before games?
1: Well, like I said, you know, Barry had unbelievable vision. He had unbelievable talent. Um, but one thing that was cool, and, and, and like I said, the analytics now are amazing. But one thing that I do remember is if we were, let's just say we were facing Greg Maddox that day. They had TVs all, all around the clubhouse, and they would have um, video clips just kind of rolling through of him pitching against – Wow our guys that's cool and so cool and then there was there was another room that you could go to and you can actually see, you know see your bats against you know mm-hmm. previous bats if you had a bunch of, against them um and so but the other thing that barry had is we had a we had a batting practice specialist um we called him cutter john he was a left-handed guy kind of a real skinny dude and i couldn't even tell you his last name but anytime we were facing a left-handed pitcher he threw bp that day he would th- he would just throw to barry really oh yeah he just he, he he would go down in the tunnel where we there was a batting cage and he would just he would just chuck to barry really? so barry could see a good left-handed cutter a good left-handed uh arm action yeah and so um yeah we, we we never saw him unless we unless there was there was a lefty in the um in the rotation for that series yeah yeah and he would travel with us if there was a lefty um and so he didn't he didn't make every trip but yeah, that was, that was kind of cool to watch him. But, you know, like I said, Barry kept to himself, man. Yeah. And he really yeah. did, and he just did his thing. He did his game prep. You know, there was a couple guys that, that were on the Giants staff that were specifically for Barry. You yeah. know, wow. um, one guy would stretch him. The other guy would carry his equipment. I don't know all what they did. Yeah. But um, they were before, – before all the Balco stuff and everything um, – you know you could have you could have trainers in the locker room you know you, you could you could have your own individual guys kind of come through the locker room yeah but then after that they said you know there's no personal trainers allowed in the locker room so these were various guys that had to be put on the giant staff Man. in order to keep them that's that's that yeah. that, that was my understanding anyway right. so yeah it's just
0: it's so cool that you i mean all, obviously there's all the stuff with barry that you, we can discuss but just that you got to Lace them up and share, you know, a, a field with the greatest hitter of all time. It's just wow. No, I mean,
1: yeah, I don't leave. and yeah. Regardless of the allegations, steroids, you name it, that guy could flat out hit, and he, Man. he's still, yeah, he's the best hitter of all time. So, and that would this was the year that I asked him to sign the bat and the ball for yeah. me. This, this, this was the year because uh, begrudgingly he, did it. Well, and you know, and and, and fast forwarding a little bit, you know, I did that because I didn't know if I was going to be back. Sure. I, I was, I was essentially out of options. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of the year um, I was still going to be retained by the giants because you know, once you're out of options um, you basically either have to be in the big leagues or they have to take you off the 40 man roster. Um, And we'll get to that here in a second, I'm sure. But um, so I, you know, I just didn't know, you know, if they take me off the roster, I get designated for assignment. That means any other team could, could, could grab me or, you know, um, sign with another team. So, and his contract was expiring as well. So I, you know, but it ended up being where we both came back. We were both back for the, the two thousand seven year. Yeah. Um, I signed or actually actually, um, we'll kinda get into that, but um, after this season is when I went to the Dominican Republic. Yeah. I um, loved it uh, Felipe Alou came to me and said, Hey, you know, hey Kay, you know, we want to get you down to play some winter ball, get you some more bats, you know, um, that's cool. Get a little bit different look, um, face some face some higher quality Felipe, pitching.
0: Felipe Dusty was out at this point and Felipe's in, is that right?
1: Oh yeah, Felipe's in. Yeah, yeah, Dusty Dusty was Dusty was only there through yeah. 03. Right. So yeah. I never I never just, actually got you called. You just interacted
0: up. with him on the when you got to go there with the first the first round pick that exactly. one time.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I I can't remember how many years Dusty was actually the Giants skipper, but yeah. um, two thousand three was his last year. Yeah. Felipe Felipe came in in oh4 I believe. Okay. So uh, that that's who I that's who I that, that was my manager in the big leagues. So. Do
0: you remember your final hit?
1: My final hit was against the Rockies. Yep. And. Um, I think it was off Bautista
0: Danny Bautista
1: and uh, it was a line drive right over the shortstop's head yeah and uh just a single yeah yeah just a just a ho-hum single I mean I, I hit it hard I mean it was uh it's still a single in the big leagues man it's right. still so cool gosh <laughs> so it's cool. I got my I got I got one hit that year so I got one hit no five I got one hit no six yeah um and again the only time where I got consecutive at bats was uh that start where I had three at bats against Brandon Webb and I um chopped all three of them to the third baseman yeah. looking back so. do you
0: feel like you were able to enjoy these moments you know in the show or was it too fast or you were too like i'm no, trying to stick or?
1: no it was it was a, it was a it was a dream come true it was a blast oh my yeah. god i mean one one day in the big leagues is better than 20 years in the minor league <laughs> i mean it's um right. you know it, it, it's everything you think it would be you are you're treated you're treated like a king regardless of whether you're a rookie or a 20-year vet yeah. i mean they they're, they're taking all your equipment after, after the game of a series. I mean, they've essentially packed your bag for you. Yeah. You know, they, they make sure everything gets on the plane and gets to the, to the next destination or if it gets home, whatever. But we are, uh, yeah, we're just treated like Kings. We get, we get our own suite at whatever, ho- whatever hotel we're staying at, whether it's a uh, Ritz Carlton or, um, you know, a big Hyatt or whatever, whatever it was, we got our own room, uh, and they were suites. I mean, they were, they were unbelievable rooms. Uh, per diem. I mean, Man. all the money. I always tell everybody, all yeah. the money's in the big leagues. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, when you're in, when you're in the minor leagues, you have to have a roommate when you go on the road. You know, you're rooming with you know somebody that you probably pick. So you, yeah. so that you, you least guys are like. buying two
0: hundred dollar cars with flames on them.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. It, so yeah, you definitely you definitely want to be in the big leagues. And I always say, if you don't you don't like it, play better because right. that's, that's where all the money yeah. is. At. So
0: this this wraps our our, our last stint in the show, and then. We, we go offseason, we play in the Dominican Republic. I'd love to hear about that and what that experience was like for you. That would have been unique.
1: Well, so, you, yeah, so definitely, yeah, going to the Dominican was something that the organization wanted me to do. You know, they'd always sent me to Instructional League. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to the Fall League, right. and now it's like, oh, hey, let's get you to play Winter Ball. And um, for those people that, that don't realize, I mean, there's, there's several different places you can go play Winter Ball. You've got the Dominican Republic. You've got Venezuela. You've got um, Mexico. And then I think you've got Puerto Rico. Right. So you've got all those four, and then whoever, if you win your league, if you win that that country's league, then you go to the Caribbean World Series. Yeah, and so usually on, on TV, um, this was one of the coolest experiences of my life. Really going to the yeah. Dominican Republic, you know. I Ryan O'Malley had been going to Puerto Rico, so right. I got to yeah. I got to get his perspective on it. I had several teammates throughout the year that had gone to to play winter ball, and I never really knew if it was something I was going to do. For one, a lot of a lot of pitchers would go play winter ball because they needed extra innings Mm -hmm. um some people would go play winter ball you know because they got hurt during the year and they didn't get many at bats and there was kind of a way to catch up with their Mm -hmm. development i had had plenty of playing time this was a way for them for the giants to maybe see okay if he if he does well down there playing every day um we'll see you know see how he'll handle the big league staff you know because there's a lot of big leaguers that play winter ball Uh, dominican public dominican republic um baseball players they have a lot of pride man and the the caliber of baseball that was down there was just incredible. I mean, just incredible. What did you
0: compare it to level wise?
1: I mean it it's a cross between Triple A and the big leagues. Yeah, I because mean, 'cause you've got you, you so on my team, we had um, Pedro Feliz was our third baseman who I played with, you know, in the Giants organization. Yeah. We had uh we had Nelson Cruz. Oh wow. Um He just retired. He did. Do you believe he that did, and he was a man child <laughs> I mean? Um, We had uh, Julio Ramirez and, you know, like I said, Albert Poulos was on the roster, but didn't come around very much. Um, There was there were several guys. But, um, you know, my first experience, you know, I I get I get to the Dominican. I go through customs. You know, there's a guy there waiting for me. The the GM, Jesus Campos, was there to pick me up and he gets me to my hotel room. And the hotel was kind of like a we're in in San Francisco, San Francisco de Macrae. So we're kind of right in the middle of the country and they get me to this hotel and it's like a it's like a nice you know motel six or super six or super eight hotel i mean it's it's not it's not a very luxurious accommodations by any means yeah uh but it's right next to a casino and um you know every day i would just eat huevos and um pollo (laughs) chicken and (laughs) eggs chicken and (laughs) eggs every day um but um, so we, I get I get I get settled in the hotel and then I, I go to the I go to the stadium. I grab all my baseball equipment and I, I head to the stadium and I I walk in and um, there's, you know, it's just kind of a cruddy, cruddy locker room. Nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah. Um. So I get set up in my locker and just kind of meeting guys as they come in. Well, I'm watching all these Dominican players come in. There's only other one American on the team. Nick Gourneau was his name. Um. So we're. I'm watching all these guys come in and every single player that's coming in is taking out their firearm, taking the clip (laughs) out of their firearm and putting it in the gun safe. And I'm like, OK, I'm like, like apparently all these guys carry down here strapped. And so it comes it comes payday and I get I get um, I was probably making 12, 15 grand a month, but they, they paid me in cash. Hundred dollar bills, and so, <laughs> and so, here I am getting a stack of hundred dollar bills, and the only guy that doesn't have a gun.
0: Oh, okay, now it makes sense, right? Yeah. And
1: so, I'm just like, this is this is a little this is a little freaky for me. So what I end up doing was I end up telling them to. Um, I took a. You didn't need much money down there. You yeah. really didn't. So I took a couple hundred bucks, and I I'd, I'd write down on the envelope how much was left in there, and I had them keep it in the safe. Really, and I, and I basically signed signed the money out. Did so you when feel I, safe down there? Um, I felt safe to the point where I didn't I didn't go outside the hotel and the casino that was kind of right there in the ballpark. Really? I did. I was not going. I was not going out to any of the restaurants or bars or. <laughs> <laughs> um but the, you know the you know just kind of yeah. jumping around here there's there's six teams in the dominican right i played on a really good team but how do you pronounce it san francisco uh, gigantes okay. we're the san francisco de macarray gigantes cool um but there was two teams in punta cana which you know they're they were staying in resorts and right and everything A little else. different experience than you um and then there was a, we there was a, the
0: authentic experience, bud. Oh yeah. 100%, 100%. Yeah. I
1: remember being on the, on the bus that would take me or the van that would take me to and from the, the, uh, hotel on the field every day. Yeah. And we're going through all these, these streets and there's no stop signs. There's no stop lights. This guy would just honk his horn as he's going through an intersection, <laughs> so letting, letting everybody know I'm coming through. And I'm like, well, I hope somebody's not doing that the other way. And there's chickens running around everywhere. And there's How are the fans, there's like five people on a, on a moped, <laughs>
0: Fans are known for being just wild, right? The fans are amazing. Yeah,
1: the fans are amazing. They, they yeah. horns and Vibrant. whistles yeah. and, and, and and bells. I mean, they and they, um, and I and I did okay there. I had, I think I had a home run or two maybe, and I I um, you know, but uh, we actually made we actually made the playoffs. Okay, and so we uh, were in the finals, and I think it was best of seven, or heck, it could have been best of nine. I can't I can't remember, but they're marathon playoffs. Yeah, and so. Um, how long was the season we I got down there just before Thanksgiving. I believe I think they started sooner, but I went a little bit later okay. um no, I take that back i went I went in the beginning of November went all the way through and I came home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I came home for three days for christmas i got got talked that into to him yeah. and then we went back and we were in the playoffs okay. so we got I didn't get playoffs. home till i don't I don't think I got home till like maybe end of January or yeah. February first. But I think we're in Game Seven of this playoffs, and it's a three-one. No, it's three to nothing. We're up three to nothing, and the bases are loaded. We bring in our closer, and Carlos Ruiz is up uh, from the catcher for the Phillies. Mm-hmm. And long story short, our closer's and he hits a grand slam to put them up four to three, and our closer's pissed, of course. He just gave up, you know, essentially the game-winning run to send them to the Caribbean World Series. And the next batter is uh, Jose Batista. Oh, cool! Um, and so I put down a you know slider away, and my closer throws it right b- right behind his head, on purpose. Hmm. So the bench is clear, and you know they're cussing at each other oh, in I Spanish. I remember talking about this back in the day.
0: Yeah, cool. And
1: you know everybody's in each other's face and we always we always had a we always had a security guard in the uh, dugout that had an like an AR15 and I mean <laughs> we and so I'm like man this is this uh, hopefully this doesn't escalate right. so but it didn't really it didn't really escalate at that particular moment so the benches went back and no 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 fist uh were th- you know punches were thrown or anything like that so next pitch i call for a slider down and away and jose Batista just skies it to center field and instead of running to first he just runs straight out to the mound <laughs> right after my pitcher and i'm like i was like Man. oh god what do i do like, here like this go. is yeah. this is not my fight right. <laughs> but um, i chased i chased him down i tackled him from behind nice. and luckily luckily with the momentum of everybody else just kind of getting in the the dog pile i was able to kind of spin off of him and get out of there Good and you, and, bud. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and one of the uh, joe horgan who was one of the um, one of the American guys that was on the other team, he, he, he kind of grabbed my shirt and pulled me out towards second base and said, hey, man, stay out of this. This this is these guys. These guys are going to fight this thing out. One of us is getting on a plane tomorrow and going home and that ended up being me. So he's like, just he's like, just stay out. And I was like, well, yeah, I didn't want any part of it to begin <laughs> to begin with. But,
0: right, but you got to protect your pitchers. So. Yeah, but exactly.
1: Yeah. So. Um, yeah long wow. story long story short yeah they, they they fought it out for a while we ended up we ended up losing the game and i was on a plane the next morning i got i got my money and yeah and i uh, went straight to the airport Back but home. uh but it, it was so such a cool experience such sure. a cool experience and like i said they're very passionate about their uh baseball down there and i would have done it again totally would have done it again um I would have. I would have liked to have even played overseas somewhere else, like you know, Korea or Japan. And a lot of guys pursued that, and I think I did it. I pursued that a little bit, yeah. you know, in 2009. But um, did you look into Italy at one point? I thought. Aren't you no, guys- it was. It was more. You know, there was there was a lot of people going over to Japan and making a ton of money. Right. But it was usually your your big first baseman outfielders that were dropping 25, they 30 home that. runs That's a what year. They want. Uh, or pitchers. Right. And being a catcher that wasn't hitting that many home runs, there was a language barrier issue as well. Mm-hmm. And so it just – it wasn't it wasn't an option for me. There wasn't anybody that was truly interested in that. But it would have been cool. But, yeah, the D- Dominican was a cool experience. Did I feel safe – yeah, uh, to a point, but I was also making good decisions too, because yeah. uh, you do hear some horror stories that can kind of come out of that. Matter of fact, one of my Todd Linden, who I played with uh, for a couple of years in AAA there yeah, and in the big leagues a little bit, yeah. he, uh, he he went to, over there. He he went to Venezuela. He went to Venezuela. Okay. And he actually got held up at gunpoint. Did he really? Yeah, he, he got went to r- Japan r- too. Got robbed. Him. I think he did too. Yeah, yeah he, did. I mean, he was a guy that could hit, hit some bombs. I remember
0: following a lot of the names cuz you would bring back like bats and stuff and that would have names on them and like, you know, hand them off here and there and oh, talk yeah. about these guys. So like I remember like, you know, Tony, uh, Tony Torcato and like Jesse Popper oh, yeah. and like yeah. all these like uh Cody Ransom like I remember all these names. Like oh, yeah. I'm checking in on them and being like, "Oh, I wonder how his career went."
1: And I was like, I was a, I was a junkie, man. I would grab anything I could you get did. my hands on. But yeah. um <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's kind of cool to follow some of those guys, you for know. Sure. And I, a lot of them I don't know what they're doing now. Yeah. But um, so yeah, 2006. That was it was a fun experience. But while I was down there, um, I think it was January 2nd. Um, the Giants signed Barry Zito to one of the largest contracts of all time. I they signed that, it was yeah. a six seven year deal for 100 and 150 million. I they, don't even remember did not what it was. Get their money's worth out of that one. And in order to make room on the roster for him, they they took they designated me for assignment. Yeah. So here it is, January 2nd, not a lot of stuff going on, um, and they slide me through waivers. You know, they designate me for assignment, and nobody claims me. Right. And so I end up ret- being retained by the Giants, but now I'm not on the big league roster anymore. Right, it's not a- and I was And I was excited to be out of options because, you know, you you, you want the options, you know, you, you want the organization to be able to send you down to the, the minor leagues and call you back up as much as they want. Um, but if you're ready to be in the big leagues, which I felt like I was, forces their hand. you want to be out of options so that, you know, yeah, forces their hand to kind of keep you in the big leagues. So I was right. excited to not only play winter ball, get a little bit more development and then go to spring training that year and make them say, look, there's out of options. We, we, we got to keep him in the big leagues if we want to keep him. Yeah. And so um, just the timing of them doing that was to their advantage because they got to keep me, um, you know, for the entire year of uh 2007 yeah and um i didn't i didn't have a chance to um to go to the big leagues that year yeah I mean, well I, I did i did have a chance matter of fact i was playing really well yeah I we'll was, get to I, that
0: it's strong year. yeah your strongest I, I
1: went i still Maybe. went to, I, I still went to big league spring training in 2007 yeah. this is when Bochi came in so Bochi is now the manager of the giants 2007 gotcha. uh-huh. and um a legend so it's 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 me I, they've got uh, benji molina at this point benji molina is now the, the everyday catcher in the big leagues but yeah. retired yeah because of the concussion issue the year right. before and so it's benji molina there's uh myself and then there's Yamid hod who was in triple a and then um guillermo rodriguez yeah and so um i go to triple a everything's, everything's good. I'm playing Let's back up a little bit. How do you yeah. feel
0: like you, you stack up against these guys when you're like, you're obviously doing drills with them and doing stuff with them in spring training. Like, where do you feel like you're, you're at
1: from a defensive standpoint? I'm, I'm, you know, kind of head and shoulders over all of them. Yeah. You know, the, the Latin, the Latin catchers always had really strong arms. Most of them. I mean, Guillermo had a strong arm. Yamit had mm-hmm. had a really strong army, but, um, I, I think I'm still, you know, over them as far as arm strength. You were so close. Catching, yeah. catching, um, you know, Latin catchers also had knack for just kind of being a little bit smoother with their glove mm-hmm. on their receiving. Mm-hmm. But um, for the most part, I mean, I was still, I was still rated as one of the strongest defensive catchers. You know, yeah. in the in the organization and probably in baseball. You know,
2: um, yeah. So,
0: and you know, I this is a, a cool moment I think because I'd like to highlight this. You probably didn't know, you know, that you were not going to be going back to the big leagues, but you were so close. You are like what some people like. A, a term that Dan ortonmeyer and I talked about was a 4A player, a guy that's, you know, probably too good to be in AAA, can't quite stick in in, in the big leagues, and they're they're kind of back and forth, back and forth. And catching is such a unique position too, because there's guys like you know, a David Ross, or, you know, if, if you can really handle your position, if you can be a catch and throw guy and handle your bat a little bit, you can make a 10-year career as a backup, 100% and hang forever. And you were so close, man. Well, and Gosh, and, and you again, close.
1: so. There was something that happened in 2007 where they had to call. They called up Guillermo Rodriguez, mm-hmm. and I was, I was, I was hitting three. I think I was hitting 300 at the time. I yeah. mean, I did have my average up over 300 yeah, what for else the first for the first time in my career. I'm hitting over 300. Yeah, and somebody went down in the big leagues. It might have been Eliezer or Alfonso because I think he was up there at the time. So I think it was me and Guillermo were in AAA together, but because Guillermo had never been put on the 40 man roster. Um, and essentially, when they when they put him on, he had options. So they right. could they could call him up, send him down. Um, if they would have called me up, I'm going back on the roster. But then, in order to send me down, then they got to designate me for assignment yeah, again. So it, from a business standpoint, they made the right decision. Yeah, the game, but it? but it's it stings that stings. here I am. He's he's probably hitting 230, 240 when he got called up. I'm hitting 300 for the first time in my life. But he had better options, and he. From a, yeah from a from a from an operational standpoint, they, it was easier for them to call him up man. so that they could send him down a week later or two weeks later, whatever it was. Oh gosh, that and is so, um,
0: tough pill to swallow, my man. It, no, it, it was, but it's <laughs> but it's but it's business. Yeah, it's, it's business, business.
1: And, and 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 in fact, so um, another another cool story about this year is it's 2007 is the year that the All Star game was in San Francisco. And so um, I'm I'm just kind of bitter at this point. Like I'm I'm to the point where okay, they sent me back to AA the year before. They still called me up. Not complaining. Um, just not getting my chance to show what I could do in the big league level when I've right. clearly already shown what I can do in AA. i I've shown what I can do yeah. in AAA. So here we are, 2007. I'm hitting 300 for the first time, and they call up another catcher, and I'm just like, this this has just gut punched me. Yeah. And so. Uh, Bobby Evans, who was the um, head of player personnel for the Giants, calls me and says, hey, you know, we we got a really cool um, opportunity for you. Um, We you're going to we need you to catch the home run derby for the uh, the all star game. (laughs) And I said, I said, well, let me let me think about it, Bobby. I was like my. My, my girlfriend uh, is coming out, so Ann and I have been dating now for three years, and All-Star break was the time where, oh, look, we'd get two or three days together. The future you know? bride. And she, yep. she came out as often as she could, and yeah. you know, and we, we obviously made it work. We've been together for almost 20 years now. Yeah, and absolutely. Um, but, and I, I told you that I had that offered for that cabin up in the Sierra Nevada mountains, so they were giving us their cabin for the, for the All-Star break. Yeah. We had gotten a boat rental lined up. And I just didn't think I want. I didn't want to give that up to go catch in the All Star game. Yeah. And so I turned it down. <laughs> Man. Yeah. I turned it down. I can't believe I turned it down, but I turned it down. Um, I sent
0: you that link this morning. Your the, your jersey from that is on eBay, for like three hundred bucks.
1: Well, I've got that jersey.
0: Well, they've got another the, the, one that's the, on the eBay. All-Star,
1: the All Star. The yeah. All Star. Yeah. I've got it's it on at, eBay. I've got it right at, now. I, I've got it at home. So they must have made more than one. Yeah, um, someone wants to buy that. So it's I got. EBay. I still got the jersey out of the deal. Yeah. Um. But
0: um, that's a big y- gesture for Ann, for, you know, for you and Ann.
1: No, it was, you know, and 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 obviously it's uh, tough to be a ball player's was, wife, I was, or girlfriend. I was, I was in love, I was falling in love, yeah. you know, all that good stuff. But um, it was just something that I made the decision, and would, yeah, re- do I regret not catching the big league All Star game? Probably. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'd be lying if I. But uh, hindsight's hindsight's twenty twenty. But yeah. uh, it would have been pretty cool to catch that and got to meet all the All Stars and so been around and,
0: If anyone wants to check it out ebay right now justin canadler all-star game jersey it's on there it's the most expensive item you can find for justin canadler
1: <laughs> there you go uh
0: and i've got a i've got a, a cool clip about from danny uh, Ortmeier uh, about how how close you were yeah so here we go
3: yeah i i saw that question and 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 i i think you're right like i think he was probably as as close as anybody right a lot of times yeah. you know at at that at that point it's just kind of um you know, right spot, right time, you I know, think, yeah. somebody got <laughs> hurt, somebody didn't, yeah. right? You got the big hit or or you threw the guy out at the right time, you know, whatever it may be. But the, the skills were obviously absolutely there. I mean, just absolute yeah. bazooka, uh, you yeah. know, on his right arm there. Um, bit, super yeah. freakishly athletic, uh, right? Especially yeah. for a catcher. Um, Nothing against right. catchers, but at, at that time, you know, you you had your, um, you know, like our Benji Molinas, right, and our guys like that 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 yeah. were always known as like just crazy athletic people. They they were super right. athletic, but you know, Canedler, you've got a you know a four percent body fat plus yeah. runner. You know, like I said, right. bazooka on yeah. his right arm, and and could also you know had a pretty good feel for the barrel and the bat, you know cool words
1: yeah no already i mean i I love hearing his voice matter of fact he texted me after the last uh, session so i don't know if he's he's obviously been listening a little bit and said he really enjoyed doing the interview and um cool we we miss each other so much neither one of us has made an effort to (laughs) to get back together for a while but um we still we send each other texts once in a while and follow each other on facebook and all i that. sent him
0: a text i said do you remember this this defense prank that we talked about in the last episode this defense and he was like what are you talking about and i explained it to him he was like oh my god i can't <laughs> believe it he goes i do remember that. yeah
1: yeah yeah so yeah he and yeah he would have been there yeah he was totally there because we yeah. lived together cool and i've so, got some um, i've
0: got some dan ortmeyer quotes here you ready for yeah, him yeah let's go all right man Yeah, it was so fun talking to him i mean just that i get to talk to all these guys like these baseball dudes that you know it's just it's been a pleasure for me too uh Together with Justin through the thick and the thin, the highs and the lows, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Uh, first impression, he's a wonderful teammate, freakishly athletic. Uh, we really hit it off. We just kind of were drawn together. You know, he's like a Texas dude. You're yep. Central Illinois boy. Uh, we love to talk about hunting, outdoor stuff. We gravitated towards each other quickly. Uh, a hard worker, first guy in, last guy out. It's cliche, but it's true about Justin. Uh, he loved being at the field, and that's. You know, what you said about getting there early. I I love getting in the field early, too. Like, just soaking it all in. Man, there's something special about that. I love being in the weight room. Loved working. Loved being in the cage. Loved being around the guys. Maybe too good for AAA, but just not quite there to stick in the show. It's really tough. Uh, We just played the clip as close as anyone. Uh, Good power to all fields. Um, uh, Known probably as a defensive catcher, but the bat played. uh, Could more than handle himself with the bat. A lot of different hitting philosophies floating around the Giants organization. It was tough to zero in on one, and this is fascinating. Uh, we probably listened to too much. We would, you know, grab all the philosophies, hoping one of them would work for us. It wasn't until later that we learned how to use that info, how to, you know, decipher it properly. It didn't need to be immediate big change, you know, once the coach told you to do something. But, you know, you want to be coachable, right? Absolutely. Yeah. and we'll, we'll, th- We've already talked about it. This is going to be a topic of discussion here in a second, but fascinating stuff. Uh just a phenomenal human being, obvious from the time you shake his hand on. Cares and listens to everyone. A genuine person. Never put himself before anyone else. Always team others first. We played a lot of Tiger Woods on PlayStation together. We were pretty lame going out because I asked him like, any like funny off the field stuff or you know getting wild. And he was like, you know what? Not really. Like we were just pretty low key, mild mannered guys.
1: Yeah, we didn't, We weren't. We weren't partiers. I mean, yeah, we'd take advantage of an off day and go out, and you know we'd go to dinner and stuff like that. But no, we weren't, we weren't looking to chase girls and, 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 um, you know, yeah. party and drink and stuff. I mean, right. yeah, we'd grab, we'd grab some beer and have a beer once in a while and so yeah. like, but, but, um, I'm glad he said that about a teammate. Cause you know, one thing I always wanted to take pride in is, is being the best teammate that I could be, yeah. you know? And so it doesn't take, doesn't take any effort or talent to be a great teammate. And, um, so then, yeah. And then he mentions about, you know, all the different, uh, hitting philosophies and that. Yeah. And, one thing that was just kind of weird is like, so, you know, Ordi always put up good numbers and I was, I was obviously holding my own offensively, yeah. you know, 250, 270, you know, 280, you know, you're, you're 20 hits away from being a 300 hitter, you yeah. know, or, just you know, like, a
0: 30 crash, like crash Davis so said, you know,
1: you're not having to reinvent the wheel. And, you know, with some of the, the big league hitting philosophies that they were throwing at us and, trying to have us do it just it didn't quite make sense i mean yeah. why are we trying to why are we trying to reinvent the wheel here you know it yeah. he needed bats um yeah. that's that's really the, the thing that i needed most you know at the big league level was you know throw me out there for a month or yeah. two and that see what i can see, see what i can do against the best pitching yeah, in at the least world let me fail um it's not like i was hitting a buck 80 you know 200 in the right. minor leagues i mean you never I, got that i'm shot. doing something right in order yeah. to have the numbers that i had um and so yeah, Joe LeFay, Willie Upshaw, those those were the two big league hitting guys, and they were pretty adamant that I always kept two hands on the on the bat. You know, they were they were kind of a top hand dominant. I mean, at least Willie Upshaw was. Oh and man, I remember the top hand stuff. Both these guys yeah. were both these guys were good hitters in the big leagues. I you know Willie Upshaw was was um, you know a pretty good hitter throughout his career. Yeah. But um, he mm-hmm. was real he was real big on the top hand, you know, and and I I hit more ground balls to third base (laughs) because of that top end and i was always more of a pull hitter anyway but just the way they had us when we're working in the cage and they want us to do certain things you're listening and you're just doing it and um i wasn't using the whole field because of it yeah Uh, i was really tense i think that you know and i'm i am top hand dominant don't get me wrong i mean my my right hand i'm a good thrower because of my right hand my right arm so I think that kind of parlays into hitting where you okay you feel that barrel and you throw that barrel with your top hand so yeah. it can kind of kind of work the same way as throwing a baseball but um, there's some other things that kind of that kind of go with that and so I was I was pretty tense um, yeah. and it wasn't until I went you know to to my next destination you know in 2008 where I got to get outside the Giants organization and start hearing some different things yeah. and um, I was no longer an everyday player but that these these things that evolved helped me, helped me some new bad. power
0: kind of showed up too like I, we're not totally getting I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here but yeah
1: well 2007 came to an end and and um, I became a free agent yeah I mean and 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 so um you know once 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 that happened I mean the Giants did want to resign me I mean they did um, I had I think I had 10, 10 different teams that were interested yeah and so um I really had to think hard you know do I want to do I want to go back to the Giants you know they just they had an opportunity to call me up this year, yeah, with the best numbers, you know, average that I've ever had. Let me so say what, those what eighty-nine think, games,
0: three hundred and two at bats, thirty doubles, two two triples, seven bombs, two eighty-eight. Such a strong year. Yeah, twenty-six. So like, you know. So there was
1: a lot of again. There's a lot of doubles. You know, you know, he's hitting twenty to thirty doubles a year, and a lot of these are you know fly balls in the gap. You know, yeah. warning track power. As a matter of fact, Jim Bowie, who was our my my hitting coach in Triple A, who I loved. I love Boo, um, and he was. He was just a guy that kind of boosts your confidence but he always called me light in the ass. And uh and I use that I use that now with some of my some of my kids and I did when I started coaching is because I had so many doubles I'd hit the wall the and I'd hit ass the it. I'd hit the warning track yeah. and he'd be like, "Man, can either you just light in the ass." Right? But you know it's like it's
0: like so, those those warning track balls, those doubles right there, it's like, "Man, five more feet and you know, five more of those balls had five more feet, you got 12 home runs, you know?" And it's like Five more of those, and you got seventeen. You know, and looking like, and
1: looking back, so and looking back, I think it was because yes, I was strong, but my swing was tense. Yeah, there was, it was just tight. And um, you know, when we get into working with the A's, when because um, that's who I decided to sign with. You know, I had all these teams that were yeah. that were interested. You know, people were always telling me, you know, no team's going to treat you like the one that drafted you. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously, very grateful to the Giants. I mean, seven seven years in the organization. Yeah. They got they got me to the big leagues. They let yeah. me live, let me live the dream, um, but it just seemed like my time was done. You know, they, really? like I said, they had the opportunity to call me up that year, and it just wasn't. That was extremely frustrating for it you. It was frustrating. Yeah, here I am having the, you know, and I'm getting older. You are <laughs> right, and so yeah. I had the opportunity to, to, to the stick with game. them, go to the big leagues, and have the opportunity to maybe finally get some playing time during the middle of the season instead of September. Yeah um to play every day in the big leagues and they didn't give it to me and so i was like well what what happens next year i signed i go back to triple a i sign. i could sign a free agent contract a one-year deal go back to triple a and wait for that call up again what happens if they pass me up again so right, i same. it just after talking with my my agent um we just kind of came up with an educated decision to to move on yeah um so during that off season, like I said, I had I had I was about I think there's ten teams that were interested, but um it's
0: good to be wanted, yeah. The
1: one that the one that resonated was the Oakland Athletics. Right. Um they they rebuild all the time. That's true. Um yeah. their catching was was thin. They had Kurt Suzuki and Rob Bowen, uh, and the and they had a young prospect named Landon Powell. But um I got a call from Billy Bean. Oh Billy, that's cool. Billy Bean calls me uh, and wow. um and says uh Hey, just want to let you know we'd really love to have you. You know, we've looked at your numbers and this was during Moneyball and all that yeah, stuff man, and that's he goes, really You're, exciting. you go know, We like we like your on from from my 2007 numbers. I mean, you know, yeah. on base, you know, I don't know how many walks I would have, had, but you know, 280 average for a catcher and um so there was something there that fit their model. Yeah, absolutely. They, and they so valued you found value in you. So because because the the general manager's calling me, I'm like this, that carries weight. Oh right? gosh. I yeah. mean, I could you know there's several at Milwaukee and there was, there were some other teams and I was just like the Dodgers and I was just like all right let's give it a try yeah the actual let's guy. sign with Oakland so yeah. I signed with Oakland Athletics and that off season I did not go play winter ball yeah um, just prepared myself to uh, to join a new organization and yeah um, they obviously you're going to big league camp the, 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 the offer the offer was you know so much a month and you know there's a big you always sign a split contract so you've got your minor league salary and your big league salary. And, um, so whatever, whatever that was, but you know, the, the offer in, in triple was great. And so, um, my, my goal was, I'm going to go to big league spring training and I'm going to fight for a job, Yeah, you know, and that's what I did.
0: How'd that spring so. training go for you? And like, like we talked about a new organization, you know, new spring new faces, training, yeah. spring training was great. Yeah, so yeah, yeah a new you're, you're na- new, new name for yourself.
1: Yeah. So you're, you're, you're kind of, um, where I'm still in, I'm still in Arizona. Yeah. And so um matter of fact we get out to spring training and Ordi Ortmeyer was still with the Giants yeah. but we still roomed together. Oh cool. So we found we found an apartment we found a house. <laughs>
2: That's cool. Uh
1: we actually did that um for two spring trainings. Yeah. Um we had a house one year and then we had a we had an apartment another year. But um no actually we had we had houses both year because he brought his his wife came out yeah. and his uh, he'd bring both of his dogs and I mean it was just a great great spring. But um so we 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 roomed together and we got that going. So, um, so yeah, meeting all the new guys and getting getting acquainted with how yeah. the A's do things. Yeah, is it like
0: vastly different than how the Giants do things, no. like operationally? Or
1: um, they had a little bit different method on the weight room. I mean, they, they had a little bit more structure with their with their weight room and, and mandatory workouts mm-hmm. uh, than what the Giants had. The Giants eventually migrated to that because um, I knew some other guys in the organization. But um, so we've got the the catching guy there's Don Wakamatsu. Uh, Bob Guerin was the manager and Wakamatsu had a little bit different style of catching that I tried It made, made things a little bit more efficient back there. I changed some the way I, my catching stance. I changed that. I changed the positioning of my hand a little bit. Catching is art, man. Yeah. Um, but I remember it did make me it did make me better. Um, it made me block balls uh, to my non-glove side a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to uh, receive the you know the down and in pitch with thumb me every once in a while a little bit better. So learned a lot from Don Wakamatsu. Matter of fact, I used that in, when I was coaching a lot of kids in the off season, mm-hmm. uh, some of the new techniques. But at the end of the day, you, you got to be comfortable back there. You got to be balanced. You know, you got to be comfortable. Uh, if you're not comfortable, you're not going to be confident. Yeah. If you're not confident, you're you're going to be tense and everything else. So, um, but uh, I had a good spring. I had a really good spring. And what, what was kind of uh, interesting about that is, the A's were going to open up the season against the Boston Red Sox in Japan that year. Oh, opening, I remember this, dude? The opening day opening day series yeah. was A's Red Sox in Tokyo, and so we were all just kind of on pins and needles, like, okay, what's that roster going to look like? Yeah, yeah. Um, we knew. We knew that they were going to have to take three catchers. We knew that they were going to have to take, you know, a backup, a backup infielder just in case, or a ba- you know, and a couple extra pitchers just in case somebody gets hurt. Mm-hmm. You can't just get somebody to Tokyo, you know, um, in in ten hours, right? And you you can't get them there overnight. So um, we're going through spring training. I am having a pretty good spring, um, and I am I am still I haven't been sent down, you yeah. know. And so it's uh, Kurt Suzuki, Rob Bowen, myself, and Landon Powell. Well, Landon Powell was was their big catching prospect. He was the guy from South Carolina, uh, Moneyball guy. I mean, right. he was. Um, so I was like, you know, who are the, who are they gonna who are they gonna who are they gonna take as this third catcher? Well, before you know it, they send him down to AAA. Mm-hmm. They send they they option him down. So here it is. It's I'm the I'm the last catcher in camp. I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna get to go it's to me. this trip. I'm gonna get to go to Tokyo. I'm the guy. And uh, everybody wanted to go. If you weren't. The 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 forty man guys or the big league roster guys were definitely going, sure. but there was a you were going to get paid forty thousand dollars stipend just for going, <laughs> just for going on the trip, and it was going to be a one week trip. Oh we, were gonna there, we were going to get there. We're going to work out. We had, we had we were going to play two games against uh, the to- Tokyo teams, yeah. Tokyo Giants, and I think the Hiroshima Tigers, so and then cool. the two games against Boston, and then we were going to come home, and so. Um, it's the it's the day before the final final cut and and uh, Bob Guerin goes, Hey man, you're going you're going with us to Tokyo man. So um, he goes, Make make the arrangements. Yeah. Well the rule was is that everybody got to bring one guest, you know, significant other, wife, girlfriend, whatever. Well, I immediately call Ann, you know, and I say, Hey, do you do you wanna to go to Tokyo? And she was she was working for the state at the time. She goes, Wow, well, I just can't I just can't take off a week this last minute, you know? I'm right. And so, um, she, she kind of, she just said, look, I, I can't make it work. Yeah. And so I didn't take anybody Well, I'm getting on the, we're getting on the plane to go to Tokyo. We're boarding up and so-and-so brings his dad and so-and-so's got his brother. And I'm like, well, son of a gun, man. I, one of them. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think about that. I didn't think it was, I, I just thought it was, you know, you can bring your Significant wife. Other. Yeah. yeah. And so I, uh, and we're, we're obviously not married at the time, but you know, uh, Plenty of people brought their girlfriends, but I was like, "Man, that would have been a great trip to bring Jason oh my on." Gosh, I yeah. mean, I was just being like, "Oh, sure, I'm going to bring my brother with me." Yeah. You know, but um, so me and Brooks Conrad were the two extras.
2: Oh, cool! Yeah, I remember I Brooks, name. yeah, absolutely. So,
1: Brooks Conrad and I get pretty close this year. Um, so we go to Tokyo and we go, we do all the workouts, uh, but the only thing we can't do is we can't play in the games. We're technically extra players, yeah, um, but we're we're inactive and we're just there in case somebody gets hurt. Yeah. So, we are living it up in Tokyo. i am about to say, it's what a cool experience. I mean, experience. we we go out to eat, you know, we we go to the bar at night and have a few cocktails. I mean, we're not why not going outside the hotel, but the hotel was unbelievable. It's like yeah. it was like a city by itself. Yeah. And so um we're just having a good old time. I remember we went we went to this dinner with um, it was Rich Harden, Keith Folk. Oh, wow, Rich Harden. Keith Falk, myself, Folk myself. Um Man. Brooks Conrad. Some names here. So there was four or five of us, and we go to this very authentic Japanese hibachi-style restaurant. And there might have been only like eight tables in the whole place, but they were all kind of pushed up against where they were cooking all the food. And you get these two guys sitting Indian-style with all this just fresh food, or food around them. And uh, the menu was, you know, it was a fairly small menu, but there might have been like 10 items on the menu. Mm-hmm. And Keith Falk goes, we all want one thing of everything on the menu. We all want one of everything on the menu. So they just they – just, it was like an eight-course meal. They yeah. just kept bringing stuff out. Just kept bringing stuff out. And at the end of the thing, you know, they bring out our bill, and it's like three grand. <laughs> 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 and uh, Keith Folk, who I think it, he was the one that closed out the – Keith Folk was the one that closed out the, the Red Sox World Series. Yeah, he, he was um, – in two thousand what four or whatever year that was? Yeah,
0: absolute serious big league closer.
1: And so he um, he he bought he bought the bill or he put the
0: bill. Classy thing for him to do. Yeah,
1: and so and we got we got like four hundred dollars a day meal money on this trip oh, too. What so not, cool not only did man. we get the very nice stipend for going, but they gave us all this this four hundred four hundred dollars yeah. which it was in
0: yen. The places but, uh, baseball's taking you, man, so cool. Oh my gosh!
1: So it, that was it was a, it was a great trip, cool experience. Uh, I think we went we went one and one. What's
0: I like? Just like, what's the on what's the the, Oh, the environment? My gosh. Like, tell me about it like so, that. So, we, again, we
1: got to take batting practice. We got to do everything yeah. except be dressed for the game. So, when yeah. they came game time. But um, I was in the last group of batting practice, and it was me and Jack Cust. Do you remember Jack Cust? Course, yeah. You know, left, he ended up hitting 30, 40 home runs in the big leagues a couple of years. So, our goal in the last group of batting practice, because neither one of us were in the starting lineup, every time a ball would go out during batting practice, whistles, horns, you know, the, the fans are just obnoxious, but loud. Yeah. I mean, it's so loud. The Tokyo Dome was one of the coolest places I've ever played. I mean, it's oh, just man. a cool, cool place. And so our, our goal in batting practice was to make the whistles blow. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so, uh, so we, we knocked that out and, um, we're just, these balls are just flying out of here. I mean, it's the farthest balls I feel like I've ever hit. I don't know if the balls were juiced or what, but when well, I mean, we are hitting balls like 500 feet, I mean, just, <laughs> just incredible. And, um, so that that was a, that was a cool experience but um, you know the Red Sox that year had Daisuke Matsuzaka he yes. was he was obviously kind of the probably the reason we were there was the Red Sox days. Um, and then they had uh, Manny Manny Ramirez was on the team Poppy yeah. all those guys man and so uh, it was just kind of – it was it was cool. It was a great experience. I wish – again, my only regret is not kind of digging deeper. But, again, I only had like one day notice, one or two days notice. I mean, I had all my stuff. I, I was going. But to get Ann or my brother or even my dad at the time, somebody else to go, I mean, that would have been pretty cool to take somebody. But
0: did, When you were in the show, did you ever watch opposing players, BP or anything like that? Like, would you ever stop to watch Maney or go go out to just peek?
1: Yeah, well – I got to I got to spend a little time with Manny when I was my, in my last year, um, not to advance too much, but yeah, he was. Let's just do it now. I want to hear. Well, you. he was in 2000, 2010. Yeah, I signed with the Dodgers. That was my last spring training, and so uh, Manny Manny's uh, Manny's Manny man, and, and Manny being Manny. <laughs> I love the Manny. You know what's cool? Man. So you know we talked about Barry, we talked about Barry Bonds in the clubhouse, and you walked by Barry Bonds in the clubhouse, and. You just you're kind of scared to say hi to him, you right. know. And you, any of you say, you know, you know, what's going on, B? And they'll just kind of walk right by you, and not <laughs> not not necessarily acknowledge you, uh, unless he's <laughs> unless it's his idea. But if you you walk by Manny Ramirez in the clubhouse and and you say, hey, what's up, Manny? And he'll he'll come up, give you a hug, hey, Poppy, you know. Yeah. And so um, you know, he's just having a good old time. I mean, man, he's yeah. just having fun. So. But so as far as watching batting practice, well, sure. Yeah. I mean, um, I did that in AAA. You know, I, you, if it if it wasn't too hot and you can just get some shade, you watch some of these guys take batting practice, you may try to find a hole in their swing and try okay. to find out, you know, how we're going to get them out later in the game. Um, and so, sure. Yeah. Especially like, you know, I remember there was one spring training where um, we were playing Team USA. It was, it was the first, I think it was the first year they were doing the WBC. Yeah. And, all the guys. I mean, they're they we're playing them, and it's you know Griffey and you know all the guys, all the guys on on oh you know, on, the, on, the, on that on that team. So, I wasn't gonna go in the clubhouse and, and eat a turkey sandwich. I was gonna <laughs> sit out there and watch these guy watch these guys take batting practice, and so um, yeah, it was pretty it was pretty cool. Man. It was pretty cool. Okay, cool. Well, we've
0: so you, you get this cool experience going over there, and then what happens after?
1: So yeah, what? I actually got I actually got credit for two two big league games. So actually, my my official my official last. Big league um, time is I didn't those. those that. T- I get yeah, I get credit for those two games because awesome. they got to expand the rosters. Now, yeah. typically we weren't we weren't active, but we still got credit for those two days. Yeah, so, cool. but yeah. So basically, I knew I knew as soon as, unless somebody got hurt yeah, over there, I was going to AAA. Yep. So I went I went to AAA Sacramento. Probably, probably one of the best places uh i've ever played i mean they set the attendance record for minor league baseball every year really um oh wow yeah so i mean ten thousand, twelve thousand fans that's cool um just a great great little stadium right out right across the river um and again i'm i'm living uh i'm living in a um uh, apartment and uh, with brooks brooks conrad yeah uh we've got a, we've just got a great great apartment and um, Sacramento was great but I'm I I am now no longer the everyday catcher. Yeah. I'm playing once a week. Yeah. Landon Powell, That's tough. Landon Powell's is the prospect. He's he's catching three, I'm catching one, he's catching three, I'm catching one. Right. And um it was hard for me to adapt to that. Oh my you know, gosh, I'm used like to seeing I pitching I'm used to seeing pitching every day. Yeah. Um I end up hitting quite a few home runs.
0: Yeah, interesting stat line.
1: Yeah. But one thing that one thing I I did kind of go through a swing change though. I love uh, to talk so about we, that. So we did go through a swing change. This
0: 217 at bat, 67 games, 12 doubles, one triple, 10 bombs. Yep. 100, uh, he batted 175. Yeah. So I'd love to, yeah, let's, let's talk about this swing yeah. change, the evolution of your swing. Let's go. It was uh
1: it was it was a tough year because you know you you go you go over for 3 and then you don't play again. Yeah. You so know, Zero for three, 0 for that. four, and then you, right. and then you sit for three or four days. How you live with that? So you can't you can't get in a, you can't get in a groove. And some of these guys yeah. that can do it, I mean, more power to them. Oh my but, gosh, yeah. Um, but you know, then there were some times where I, you know, I I, hit, I walk off home run or I do well. Um, but, you know what what happened was um, yeah, who'd you get with? When, what happened was, was it from? was in spring training. Ty Van Berkelio was the hitting coach. And he he noticed it right away. I'm I'm keeping two hands on the bat. I'm really dominating my swing of my top hand. Yeah. And he just talked about tension. He talked mm-hmm. about tension in my grip, tension in my shoulders, and um just just kind of dominating with that right hand and yeah. rolling Muscling rolling over things. too much. And and so he goes he goes hey man let's just loosen that grip and let's just let's just let it fly a little bit. He right. goes throw throw your top hand throw that barrel at the ball but then just kind of let it go. I mean just fire fire like you normally do but let it go and just to see if we can do like a, kind of like a one hand finish yeah. you know and so i did that and i'm not kidding you in batting practice the ball's going like 20 30 40 feet further
0: this is like a light bulb moment i like, mean oh, and so we talked
1: about we talked about that batting practice in the tokyo dome i mean i'm hitting balls further than i've ever hit in my life yeah. because i'm not i'm not muscling my swing yeah. i'm not over swinging. Being an athlete. i'm almost just like inhaling and then whew, just exhaling oh, through cool. the ball and everything is getting released through contact yeah um and and the balls are just jumping off my bat i mean i'm hitting balls to right center out i'm hitting balls to center left and just kind of just kind of catching the ball in the barrel and letting it go where it wants letting the ball just go wherever whatever direction it wants to go but i'm getting everything through and everything is getting released at the ball so feeling good yeah and so um we know we're in the season and you know these 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 balls that are probably going to the warning track or the wall are actually going over the fence now. Yeah. And it's not like I ever had a problem getting the ball over the fence in college, but you know, those are metal bats. This is wood bats. So I'm sure there's a little difference there. Yeah. But, um, man, it, it's just surreal, but you know, I just didn't get the enough at bats to get my average up. Right. Yeah. You know? And so, uh,
0: it but it be frustrating. You have this moment of like a, a swing, you figure something out and like a, you know, yeah. a light bulb, like I just said, but you don't get enough yeah. opportunity to really capitalize. But on we that. have a,
1: we have a really fun team. That's cool. You know, we got we got a bunch of great guys, a bunch of veteran guys. Like I said, Brooks Conrad. Brooks Conrad's playing shortstop, second base. Kind of getting mixed and match. This dude is on his belly five or six times a game. Yeah, probably nice big Probably the hardest, guy. hardest uh, playing guy I've ever played with. Really? I mean, we had we had chalk in the in the dugout. We'd we'd put tally marks on the on the dugout wall at how many times he dove per game. Really? Yeah. I mean, he he could be ten feet from uh, away from the ball and still die for it. I mean, he yeah. was just a gamer. No batting gloves. <laughs> Casey Ragowski came from oh. another organization. He was a big, burly left-handed first baseman. And he was a fun guy, kind of animated guy. Um, but uh, we, the pitcher, pitching staff that year, we had Gio Gonzalez, we had Dallas Braden, um, uh, Lenny DiNardo. I mean, we had we had we had we had some really good guys. Kirk Sarluz. Um I don't know if there's some other guys on there, but you know Dallas Braden ended up throwing a, a perfect game yeah, in the big leagues. Remember that? Uh, Gio Gonzalez. I think he did. He throw a no hitter. I think he might have. I ended up catching. Six or seven, eight guys that, that all threw no hitters or perfect games in the big leagues. Wow. I mean, Matt Kane, Tim Lincecum, Jonathan Sanchez, Dallas Braden. Um, I know there's I know there's some other ones. Wow. Um, but um, yeah, just kind of kind of great year. And we went we, we yeah. actually we get to August August and Landon Powell gets hurt. So I did get to kind of get a get a groove at the end of the year where I where I got to I got to finish the season. Yeah. And then, uh, actually, I think it was like middle of August. He gets hurt, and here I am. Okay, I'm the only catcher in AAA. They bring up some guy from like rookie ball just to be like a backup yeah, catcher because uh, they, didn't, they didn't have anybody else to, to bring up. And I'm like, well, I still, I guess I could get called up, you know, for September.
0: It's all about timing, man. And
1: and I and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, well, you know, most all organizations call up a third catcher in September. Yeah. The A's were the only. they were the only one they were the only one in baseball that year that did not call up a third catcher in September of course now they're an American League team so they don't they don't need to they're not they're not DH or not pinch hitting and stuff like that they got the DH but it didn't matter really because we we won we won our division and we end up we end up going to the uh, PCL uh, playoffs Mm so We win the whole damn thing. Wow, we I'm I'm the everyday catcher. Yeah, I'm I'm the everyday catcher through the playoffs. We're having a blast. Uh, So we get the PCL championship. Well, in Triple A, if you win the PCL, then you you have a one game Bricktown showdown against the International League. Okay. So there's two Triple A leagues: the International League, the Pacific Coast League, and the winner of each will play a one game showdown called the Bricktown Showdown. It's in Oklahoma City. Aired on ESPN oh, to every cool. year, yeah. and so uh, here we go. We're going, to, we're going to Oklahoma City for the Bricktown <laughs> Showdown, and yeah. and uh, are I let, ex- Are you guys excited about doing this? Yeah. What, what's the temperature. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it, we're having a blast. You know, we're we're obviously all still getting paid, and um, you know, when you are winning, even if you are dog tired, and you know, the end of the season, when you are winning, you are not tired. You are not tired anymore. Well, you don't, you don't, you don't feel, you don't feel the the arm aches and you know anything else that you may be going through, and so. Um, it was it was a fun run. It was a fun team. Probably you know, not, maybe not as fun as the 2000 championship team with your buddies, but right. this was an awesome year. Yeah, we end up. Uh, I remember so many people got to watch that game on on TV because it was on ESPN too. So they're watching it, and um, we won. I think I went. I think I went one for four, and we were the uh, AAA champions that year. I got we got rings That's and cool. everything. So yeah. it was my third ring. You got the Lincoln Land ring, the Northwest uh, Championship ring, and then um, AAA Championship I ring. So. It was cool. It, it it was a great year. Um yeah, no no call up to the big leagues, but um you know, I just thought it was a was a fun year and um yeah. Where's, no
0: well, where's your where's your head at this year being like a backup and like there's this prospect ahead of you and you know?
1: Well, the the stats would tell you that, you know, it wasn't a great year, but um I didn't I, I was not down. Yeah, you thought yeah. like I wasn't I wasn't yeah. down, you know, I still I still had a good resume. Yeah. you know, like I said at this time I'm considered I'm considered a um, veteran catcher. Yeah. I'm a veteran catcher a veteran with catcher big now. league experience and I am uh, gonna go into the offseason as a free agent again. Yeah. So um talked to my, my agent Joe Bick and just said, Hey wh- where are we at? What's gonna what's gonna happen here? Yeah. What are we gonna do? Mm-hmm. And so um had plenty of plenty of options again. And uh, didn't did, go no winter ball nothing like that. Did
0: did they want to bring you back? Um,
1: talk? I don't think the A's did invite me back. I think they had some other catchers. Okay. Um, the Giants the Giants were interested in bringing me back. Really? Yeah, but they you know they, this time now they've got Buster Posey. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, one of the guys that I got drafted with after I left the organization, Steve Holm. Steve Holm was a guy that was a, uh, an infielder at Oral Roberts, and they converted him to a catcher when we were in Salem, Oregon. And I remember throwing to him that first year when I was a pitcher, just beating the heck out of him, trying to learn a, mm-hmm. learn a slider. But he journeyed through, and because I left and L.A.'s or Alfonso left and all this stuff, he ends up, he ends up being the backup um, for two years in the big leagues with the Giants. Crazy? I mean, it was just crazy how <laughs> – um, but you know he journeyed through, and he ended yeah. up being a great catcher and a good hitter. And now he's that he's the baseball coach at Illinois State now. I oh, just wow. just had lunch with him a couple couple weeks ago. But um, so yeah, it was, it was it was obviously good for him. But um, are you
0: feeling hopeful then? So you had I mean I, I know you hit 175, but you know ten bombs in limited time. Are you feeling encouraged that the swing change is like, hey, I just need an opportunity here.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and Joe Joe Big started putting all the numbers together, and so he's. He's trying to go out there and sell me, and, and he yeah. he knew he knew. He's like, hey man, he hit a buck seventy five, but his power numbers were elevated, and he was only he's only playing once or twice a week. So that was that was something that he was making sure he was communicating to all the teams as he was trying to trying to get me a job. Um, the Cubs the Cubs were interested, and um, I thought I thought maybe that would have been a good decision because of all the day games. Joe Bick said that my my career batting average in day games was like three eighty. Really, and he and he said well, he goes he goes do you, he goes do you. Do you see the ball better during the day? And I'm like, well, it never, never dawned on me, but maybe. And he goes, well, it's just, it's just funny. We know we put these numbers together on you, and your day, day, your day game statistics are a whole like hundred points higher, if not more than. What's going on with than, your eyes. I didn't have any eye problems. Nothing? I had, I had 2010 vision my whole career. I mean, it was, you know, 2020, 2010. Uh, we we did an eye test every year, physical every year. I never, yeah. never had any issues. But it's not not like my stats were or poor right um uh, sorry but he just said you you obviously see the ball better in natural daylight yeah so
0: before we go any further i want to circle back to the hitting thing one last time because i remember how dominant you were top hand mm-hmm. and like there was one winter when you came back where it was really pronounced and like you know we were all following you like you're the man so it was like i was doing it jason was doing it and like we were trying to you would be so top handed that sometimes you would finish with your top hand and your bottom hand would come off. Yeah. It was so dominant. I know. Right. I know. And, and I sent you. remember that, uh, well, I used to video some of that stuff and I sent you it within the last year. And you were like, don't show anyone that all of us, <laughs> it just looked like so, we were all forcing this movement. That wasn't quite right. Like our, our head was in there or our heart. And head was in the right place. And I'm sure this was like, you know, fallout from Barry because Barry was huge with the top hand stuff, right? He
1: was with the top hand, but, you know, you can't you can't do what Barry does. Oh, right, I mean, you know, we're just, not Barry like, bots. <laughs> And, and um, so, yeah, he was just so freakishly strong and gifted that, you know, it worked for him. And, I don't know, Willie Upshaw just had this thing. And I, I I went to the field early to get just get all these extra hacks and all these extra swings and yeah. work, we're working on things, we're talking about things. And he was just so adamant that I used this top hand and I just kind of – it was like bring force it, it over. Th- Remember yeah, that? It was it was unreal. And <laughs> I to this day, like yeah, I wish I, I wish I could have just not done that. <laughs> um because again it didn't it didn't help me. It wasn't no. it wasn't necessarily hurting me, um, but I just think I could have I could have progressed a lot faster offensively yeah. if I wouldn't have been doing some of those things. Yeah. And so
0: But you want to be coachable and you want to listen and like if these people have been here and done it, it's like okay. I want to, what what they have to say is, is valuable. Yeah, so. I
1: remember Todd Linden and I had a lot of talks about hitting too, and he was the same way. So he was a switch hitter, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: we we just get we would just get one on one with each other and be like, so what are they telling you, or no, what are they telling you? I'm like, well, they're telling me this. He's like, yeah, they tell me that too, but I don't like that. And then, <laughs> and, and so we, you know, and again, you know, some sometimes we'd be taking batting practice doing this, and we're we're looking pretty good. And and they're they're coming up, that a boy, that a boy, and we're like, so you know you gotta stick with it, but yeah, um, so yeah, like i I tell you ty van Berkeley I remember you know once I loosened up and took out some tension, I was like, man, yeah. I wish I could have just done this about done five time, years, right. five years sooner, yeah. and um you know it it, it is what it is, yeah. so you just never know when things are gonna click, and timing like you said, timing's everything, so yeah. um. But again, you just you do with you, you work with what you got at the time. Damn truth. So. I
0: I know talking with Aper, he has some regrets about the same kind of thing, like yeah. too many cooks in the in the kitchen. He changed his swing when he got to pro ball and listened to too many people, and like he wished he had kind of you know done what what got him there.
1: Yeah, I remember I remember having conversations with Aper too, and yeah, tough. I I was able to kind of coach him, you know, based on my experience. is Like, look, man, this is this is your career, right? You know, I went through I went through some things too, but you know, now that my career is over, I can maybe prevent you from doing the same thing. Like it's your career. You have to produce, do what you need to do to produce, you know? Yeah. Um, and so hopefully, you know, hopefully, hopefully that resonated, but obviously, you know, um, the Marlins moved on, but it was, um, it's just kind of weird. It's a brutal game, man. It is. But, but again, you know, it was, it was a fun journey regardless. That's the
0: damn truth. So moving on here. Um, we're in our eighth year. Um, we're going to be with the no ninth year. We're going to be with our a new organization again. Tell us how this off season went, and like in terms of talks and landing somewhere else.
1: Yeah, you know, again, um, it was kind of funny how this this kind of transpired. So, yeah, there's 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 there's, there's a lot of interest, but um, the one that kind of rang home was the Cardinals. Yeah, hometown team, yes, yes. you know, even though I grew up a Cub fan, I was, you know, I didn't care at this point, you know, I'd been with yeah. the Giants for seven years, and so I didn't have any real allegiance anymore, and so um, the Cardinals draft, they draft me out of high school, and here you go, and um, I remember standing in the outfield one day when I was with the Giants with Mike Matheny, we're just out shagging balls, and um, I said, Mike, hey, Mike, did I ever tell you that I actually got drafted by the Cardinals uh, out of high school, and Mike goes. Oh, you'll probably end up with him again. Some you'll probably end up with him someday. <laughs> yeah. And 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 I'm like, okay, Mike. And here I am signing with the Cardinals. And who's helping out in spring training with the Cardinals that year because he's retired is Mike Matheny. And, and so. Jay, you have,
0: I I think we're we've skipped a, skipped a year here.
1: No, we don't. No, this is 2000. This is 2009.
0: I've got you in 2009 with the uh, with Florida and, and, and the White Sox. So j- triple but, S- oh.
1: So I only went to I'm spring. Off. I only went to we spring go. training with the Cardinals. Here we go. Sorry, my yeah, bad. Yeah, Here and we go. So um, I signed with the Cardinals. My bad. It's uh, it's Yadier Molina. It's Jason Larue. Um, they've got um, uh, Paganazzi's nephew or son. I can't okay. remember. Um, and there's there's a, there's another young, you know, catching prospect. But I was like, you know what? Let's give it a try. You know, Cardinals sound good. Memphis. Memphis would be great to go to Triple A. Cool. Uh, so I signed with them. Immediately get into the Cardinals big league camp, and we're we're working at 6 a.m. You know Yadi, um, you know all the all the all the catching guys, and we're we're going through the drills that you always see Yadi doing the bare-handed receiving drill, and just watching Yadi go about his business was the, one of the coolest things. Yeah. I mean, he he didn't take his defensive skills for granted. I mean that yeah. guy still worked as hard as everybody, as anybody. Um, hey, be maybe,
0: honest. Where's your arm next to Yadi? Well, no, Don't I, be humble. I did.
1: I did not have the same arm strength as Yadi. Yadi, Yadi had. That's close. Yadi had. I mean, as far as pop times, I mean, yeah, Yadi's pop time. You know, one six five, one seven on his best throws, and I am going I might take higher than that. But okay. um, he, he just had. He just he had. A, he had a smoother way of doing it, and okay. I was more of a grunt power guy too. <laughs> you know? And there was, there wasn't a lot of finesse with my arm strength. I mean, it was. I got it, and I it was kind of a, kind of a max effort, okay. uh, to a point. But. Um, All right. Yeah, Yadi Yachty, Yadi's the best best of all time, man. Yeah. and just just kind of getting to spend that that spring training with That's him. That's cool. Um, like I said, Mike Matheny was kind of getting introduced into the coaching stuff now, yeah. and he's helping out, and he's there, so it was kind of a friendly face, mm-hmm. and uh, got to catch some of the guys in bullpens, you know, Wainwright and some of those guys, and um, was just just kind of a it was just kind of a fun year, you know. We you know Tony Tony La is the manager. Um, the Cardinals are, Cardinals are very different spring training oriented. I mean, it's, it's almost like military. Their, uh, their farm director at the time was, um, Steve, Sch- Steve Schilt? Mike Schilt, Mike Schilt, who ended up managing for the Cardinals. Okay. Um, but LaRusso is the manager. And then, um, you know, the farm director was, was Mike Schultz. And so, uh, it was kind of cool to see some of the guys come through the locker room in spring training at Big League Camp, you know, Bill Belichick and, and Parcells oh, wow. and, um, uh, Bobby Knight, yeah. and um, you know La Russa had a lot of those those connections, yeah, so um, they sure. came through. Um, I had a great spring. I had a really good spring. I got really? to play quite a bit. I got several at bats. I think I hit over three hundred in big league spring training. So carrying
0: over that 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 new kind of swing. Yeah, good. I, I
1: hit I hit great, and so um, they end up sending me down to minor league camp with about a week to go. Okay, and um, again, I. You know, just going to get thrown on the AAA roster. I'm doing my thing. Yeah. and um,
0: we're, we're 28 at this time. I've got yeah, you 28 yeah, here. 20, yeah.
1: yeah, that's about right. Mm-hmm. And so um, spring training kind of winding down, coming to an end. They say they're going to post rosters in the morning, you know, for travel rosters or where everybody's going. Yeah. I have no doubt that I'm just headed to AAA. Get to the ballpark early like I always do. Nobody else is really there yet. I go look at the the rosters. My name's nowhere on the roster. Mm. None of them. Not the Triple A. Not the Double A. Not the big league roster. Nothing. I mean,
0: sinking feeling or what?
1: And I'm like, I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. And who's coming around the corner is Mike Schilt. And he goes, he goes, hey man, we we were gonna call you last night, and you know I'm really sorry that you had to find out this way, but you know the organization's got to make a change, and we, you know it's a numbers game, and um, we're we we got to let you go. And I'm just like, wow, like here I am a veteran catcher, you know, it was just kind of, it was just kind of a crappy way to get released. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm not just, I'm not just, I'm not, I, I know I'm I'm a, I'm a good, I'm a good person. I'm a good dude. I've just busted my butt for 30 days for this organization. You've earned more than that. Exactly. And so um, I call my agent and say, Hey man, I just got bad news and this is how it went down. And, immediately you know makes him pissed yeah and so he calls John vooch the um you know I guess their assistant GM or whoever whoever his title is and basically uh he didn't call mo because mo, you know Mosalik was the the general manager at the time but he calls John Vooch and vooch is like you know what Joe that that's not right you know we're, we're really sorry that we we treated him that way and vooch called me Really. he called me and said hey just just want to apologize you know we're not we're not a we're not like that you know it was just it was it was bad timing you know you got there early you know they were going to call you in and kind of explain things to you but um so the first time of getting those papers or getting that getting that message hey you know organization wants to make a change did
0: they pull you into the office after this little brief interaction uh, no or was it, that was, no was, it it? was like, basically hey,
1: it's basically in the hallway oh and man it uh yeah it just That it is disrespectful for someone it, of your caliber. That's a good way to put it. It was just, it just felt a little disrespectful for a guy that, you know, has a big league resume, you know, has kind of been journeying around. Yeah. And so um so yeah, I got to I got to pack my stuff and figure out what's next. I mean, I I really don't have much time to digest it. It's G- gut punch, it's like right? I'm I'm already at the field. It wasn't like they called me at home yeah. or anything like that. It's it's um and they knew the night before. Yeah. They knew what they were right. doing. They could have. Yeah. They could have easily done it at the end of the day. The, the day before, um, maybe they didn't. But, long story short, um, I pack my my truck up with all my stuff and I start driving back to Springfield. Yeah. And, it is literally the worst. I mean, this is this is the last day of spring training. Big league, big league team had already yeah, departed. So everyone's rosters are set. Yeah, big league, screwed. Yeah, big league, big league team had already broke camp. Yeah. Minor league is always a few days later, and so. There's there's nothing for there's me. No openings. Joe's like Joe's like. Well, he goes. You're gonna have to. You're gonna sit have to sit a little bit. You have to be patient because yeah. you know everybody just did what they did to you. They just released all their guys that they didn't have room for. Right. So, so all these other
0: guys are in the same boat as you,
1: looking for new organizations and again, too. And it it was simply a numbers thing because Damn. I hit great. I hit 300. Right. Yeah. They've hit a home run or two. Um. You know, in, in limited limited action. Yeah. I mean, right. I might have gotten 20, 30 at bats. Uh, spring training and so uh, just kind of brutal but so I, I start I drive home home at home for a, a, a few weeks and um,
0: how's I drive home
1: you know yeah I always drove. I always drove out to spring training always drove to the season home you know back from the season yeah. it was just a great time to reflect on things I mean, you know I, I I loved one, yeah. I love driving out love you know and so yeah you you're you just start thinking what if what if that was it this could be it right and, uh, existential questions. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, and I, I called, I called Ann. I was up, I was probably a little upset, you know? I was like, you know, I'm coming home, you know, I'll see you, see you shortly. Yeah. And so, um, we, uh, yeah, no more. Actually, you know, I say that, um, Ann and I were engaged at this time because we, we got, we got engaged, uh, in 2008 yeah. during the, during the Sacramento year. That's cool. She came out, I, I definitely don't want to leave that out. So she's, um, she flew out for uh, spring training or for the All Star break, and we ended up going. Um, you know, finding up finding. I we went to Napa Valley. I, I, I take that back. We went to Napa, and I proposed at one of the wineries, and oh, cool. um, all that. And Carl Gigani, Gigani, Gigani. Um, he helped. He helped me up get the ring. He hey. he sent me out a couple of rings. I I get them back, and we we could, we, cool. we made it happen. So. Um, so yeah, that was that was a, that was a great year. 2008 again, it was a great year. But we've got so some now, cool so now, things
0: to say about Ann later. But I also want to shout out to Ann. It's tough being a, a ball player's wife, uh, girlfriend, fiance. I'm like, you're you're gone and you're doing your thing, and it really is kind of a selfish pursuit to be really good, and you have to spend a lot of time doing your thing. So one hundred percent. And you are amazing. I just, I just want to say that.
1: Yeah, yeah, she is, and she she she. Uh, we started dating after '04. And so here we are, you know, it was about three and a half years later that um I finally finally proposed to her. Yeah. But, you know, we we dated for three and a half years, but we we were only together probably for a whole maybe one year because right. of, of all the together. time that we're yeah. we're away. But what a trooper. So, uh but yeah, so I so I'm I I call in on my way home from from getting released and just thinking, Well, maybe it's time for me to move on. I mean, we're gonna be getting married. Oh man. Uh we've got the date we kinda we got the date set. And so uh we, maybe, maybe this is it. And so I get home and we're just kind of, we're just kind of setting, setting things in motion and doing whatever. And Joe calls me and goes, Hey, the Marlins, Marlins need a, a guy in AAA. Yep. And this would, this would have been, this would have been like middle of May. I mean, it was cause you know, it was probably middle of April when I finally got home, you know, after, cause the spring training usually goes into yeah. first week of April. So it was early, early middle of May. I, I get, I get down there to New Orleans and, um, yeah, I'm just a I'm just a fill in. I'm really they they had some yeah. catchers get hurt. They, they I was I was I was nothing more than I was a veteran guy that could be ready to go to the big leagues if they needed somebody in a in a hurry. But I was basically there to play once a week, maybe twice a week, fill in. What does it, it feel like to do that? Um it's not. It's not what I was wanting. Because
0: you know, like the next step isn't really there for you. The opportunity is not going to be there. Yeah, for you, you're. You're.
1: You're no longer a prospect. Yeah. You are just a suspect. And you turned into suspect. You. I. You have. You were. You are basically an insurance policy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Good. Good character guy. Yeah. You know, veteran. Veteran experience. Obviously, big league experience. Yeah. No. N- not a liability. And what does that capacity. do to your motivation? You know. It it sucks,
2: man. It really yeah.
1: does, because you because you know you play the game because you love to play the game. You want to play every day. I wanted to be on the field yeah. every day. I did not, I didn't, I didn't want to be a fill-in. I wanted, I wanted to play every day. The only way, sure. the only way you're going to get back to the big leagues is by putting up numbers and and uh, showing people what you can do. And yeah. you know, you're just, oh, hey, can you, they're going to catch a day because you're going to give this kid a, a day off. Yeah. I mean, that just kind of stinks. You're never going to get that yeah. chance. And so, um, hey but you, but you never know. You, you never just, know. You never right? know. That's so, the beauty so, in the game, right? <laughs> you just never it's know. The beauty, right? So I'm there for man. I think I'm there for a couple of months, and I'm I've got uh, staying yeah. with John Rayner. Barely playing another guy. We're we're at a, we're in a, we're just in a, we're in a house and it's, New Orleans is hot. It's not yeah. It's a kind of a dirty place, but it's the P it's the PCL you know Pacific Coast League again. So I'm yeah. still traveling to all the all the cities that we always went to. So mm-hmm. you know you had some favorites and you had some that you didn't like too much. Um, so. Guys get healthy. Guys get healthy and then the the Marlins gotta do the same thing that the Cardinals did. Hey, yeah. you know, we just guys guys coming back, you know, we don't have any roster room, so yeah. um they just they just won't let you go. And yeah. so all right, I'm gonna go home again. is that
0: the worst feeling getting called into your skips office and you know you, you know what's happening? Yeah.
2: Gosh, yeah, it, it sucks. It was it was it was
1: brutal, but uh and there was there was a couple good there was good guys on that team. So you got it was you know you made some made some new friends, new relationships, um kind of a new experience, but um go home again and then it was right. like two weeks later the White Sox needed needed a catcher in their triple A. Same so, role. So, uh, yeah, pretty much to back up Flowers, Tyler Flowers, who ended up catching for the White Sox for uh, a few years. Yeah. I don't think I don't know if he's still playing or not. But um, so yeah, I'm just kind of filling in for like the last maybe month of the season in Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, South Carolina, North you got, Carolina.
0: You got, you got nine games one place, eight games the other. So just not, yeah, yeah, you're you know you're
1: literally what we just said. You're there just to to fill a void until yeah. guys get healthy. You know, winning winning is really not that important in the minor leagues. It's all about, you know, getting guys developed to, to, to be ready to go to the big leagues. Yeah. And it's fun when you are winning. And obviously you're playing for a championship. And yeah. uh, some places are, are better than others, like Sacramento. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was it was it was kind of brutal.
0: You, you're, you're a bright, logical guy. I'm sure you can feel your, your window closing. That must be a weird mm-hmm. thing like your your baseball mortality is Yeah, I mean I'm a, I'm, I'm
1: approaching 30. You know, I got in the game when I was 20. I turned 21 in yeah. in Salem, Oregon. And so uh, I've been on this basic 9-10 year journey yeah. and um I'm no longer, you know, getting those opportunities to play every day. I yeah. I'm now with my f- um third team within a year, you know. Yep. Um you know, Cardinals, uh, Marlins Dream's and then and then, and then the White Sox, yeah. yeah. So Charlotte was a cool place, older stadium, um, cool experience, uh, some some good dudes on the team. But um, yeah, I was just basically there. I got I got a, I got a, I got a one month paycheck, and then I got back in the truck, at Chevy Avalanche, <laughs> and I threw a bunch of crap in my truck and drove home. Trusty Avalanche, <laughs> yeah.
0: So another off season, where I mean, was there thoughts of hanging it up, or were you like, I'm playing another year at
2: least?
1: Yeah, I no. Again, it was a discussion. So um, Ann and I got married that year. We mm-hmm. got married in October of that year. And um I think we just kinda discussed like, okay, you know what? We're married now. Let's let's give this one more year. Let's just yeah. let's just go one more year. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. You know. Um eventually you know, I'm not going I'm knocking on thirty. Yeah. Um and you know, eventually, you know, Ann and I wanna we wanna have a family and right. I knew I knew that I did not wanna have a family and traipse through the minor leagues. I knew that. That's like, tough, man. It's That's one tough thing life. if it's one thing if you're an established big leaguer. And you've got you know a lot more you know funds and you know you're making a lot of money you can you can make things work but when you're in the yeah. minor leagues even though I was to a point where I was making a pretty good salary in them and in Triple A I still didn't want to just traipse you know my family through the minor leagues yeah. so when it, just Ann and I we, we were going to give it a shot so um, Joe Bick gets me gets me tied up with the Dodgers and at this time Ned Coletti, who was with the Giants is now the the general manager for the Dodgers yeah and so he's he remembered me from the from the Giants days and liked me, and so he's, he he signed me, and so um, big league camp go to big league camp, nice. and we have more guy probably one of my my more favorite big league camps, you know the Dodgers a lot of history there. Oh of course, gosh, I spent yeah. seven I spent seven years in the Giants where we hated the Dodgers, right. But I figured if uh, like Nick Clutty can do it, and some of those other guys can can jump ship, so mm-hmm. can I. But, um, a just to quote, I mean, we had historic organization, Yeah. Manny, Manny Ramirez, Man. uh, the catchers were, um, you know, Joe Torre's the manager. Yeah. Um, the catchers were, uh, Brad Osmus and Russell Martin. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and then, so there's uh, there's me and then there's AJ Cody, Cody. Yeah. I think it was AJ Cody. He ended up being in the big leagues for uh, a couple of years. So I am not kidding. I'm going through, going through spring training, doing my thing. I'm I'm watching Manny Ramirez kind of go through some of his drills, some cool drills that he did. Yeah. I'm working with Don Mattingly and Jeff oh, Pentland wow. in Darnie the bat- in the batting cage, um, kind of letting go. Batting practice is looking good. Getting 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 a little bit of playing time here and there, but I am in big league camp till the last day. Oh wow! I mean we're we're there till the, the last day and. Nobody's nobody's told me otherwise, so I'm just gonna sit in there. And what's going on? One thing that well, or, one yeah. thing that was kind of kind of um, questionable is that you know Brad Brad Osmus had back spasms like every day. He was he was out. He wasn't getting to play much. I actually was playing playing pretty regularly in spring training and doing doing pretty well, I believe.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Russell Martin tears his groin. Does mm. something where, and this was this was like, and they they said he was gonna be out maybe two two months you know, with this yeah. groin injury. So I'm like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be on this team. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to break camp. I don't know what it was. I don't know if somebody gave them some get well pills, <laughs> uh, took a magic wand and, and said, you know, but both these guys end up being game ready by opening day. Really? And I mean, I don't, I don't know what they did. Osmus uh, was just back spasms. I mean, he was going to be all right, you know, treat that, but, Russell Martin, I mean, they they were saying he was going to be out. Yeah. And I don't know if they did some of that that blood-spinning stuff and, you know, injections or whatever, but they got him healthy. And here we are again. I'm not the guy that they were planning on catching every day in AAA. So they said um, last day of spring training, they said, look, we don't want to release you because we still may need you, but we don't have a spot for you in AAA right now. We don't want to send you to AA. Mm Mm-hmm. So they kept me in extended spring oh, no. training. And I, I was I was okay with it just yeah. because I was like, well, if you release me, I'm not going to find a job. They're going to keep me in right. Ari- they're going to keep me in Arizona. I'm still going to get my my AAA pay. Yeah. And so um, Some you know, guys
0: get really dejected
1: getting sent to extended. Well, yeah, but you, but the, the reason the reason made sense. Yeah. You're going to be down here, you're going to stay in shape, you're going to continue to work out. You've got some you got some opportunity to play in some games. So I joined the minor league camp, it, it, it breaks. And then, um, we start these extended games and I'm playing in one of these games and I get bowled over during a extended spring training practice game, essentially. Yeah. And didn't think I
0: played the plate, play
1: at the plate. Yeah. And it was, uh, I'm pretty sure it was against the White Sox organization. So, um, I'm, I, I, I kind of come up and I'm like, okay, my bell got rung a little bit. Like it had several times, Yeah. never thought much of it. So then the next day we're playing and I get a foul tip that, that rings my bell. And again, I'm like, man, that, that, that didn't feel good, but you know, whatever. And just kind of a little lightheaded, you know, but you suck it up, you drink some water, you, you, you get through it. Yeah. And the next day I wake up uh, to go to the ballpark and I, I literally am like vertigo uh, know, or, yet. you know, or whatever you call it. I mean, I'm, I'm spinning, uh, I'm sick to my stomach. I can't, I can't function. So I'm like, okay, is it from the concussion or is it from, you know, yeah. am I sick to my stomach? Am I just got a virus or something?
2: Post
0: concussion syndrome.
1: And so, um, I had, um, I got, I got myself to the field and, um, they start doing some, some protocol the test on me, yeah. the impact testing and i'm failing miserably How's your memory you can't do it oh failing yeah. failing like miserably and yeah. but even 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 hurt to even look at the screen it hurt it hurt to to have lights on yeah. it was it was not good so they they got me home they got me back to my room they said look just just lay in bed dark cold you know yeah. um we'll check in on you we'll check in on you later and so um a couple of days go by and it's really really not getting that much better and um, at this point, we're kind of at the end of end of May, and they come to, and the the the, um, the farm director says, "Hey, man, we we're going to go ahead and make a make a decision here. We're we're going to release you," and I'm like, I'm "Like, what? Well, can they can they release me while I'm hurt? You right. know, like, in, yeah. but I mean, I think that was the intention anyway to keep me around for about a month, and then if nothing shook out, they were gonna yeah they were gonna do it anyway. So. It was fine, and so um, Ann and flies out and drives me back to to Springfield. Because you can't drive. Yeah, they, yeah, I just we didn't think it was safe. Yeah. Um, and so I, I get some treatment back here and um, finally kind of get cleared. You know, it took me about a month and i month or so and I'm I'm back to okay. I'm feeling feeling pretty good. Yeah. And um, all the symptoms have kind of subsided and. Mm-hmm. So, you know, talking to Joe Bick, I'm like, Joe, what do you think, man? Is this is this it? And he goes, Well, you know, I hate to say it, but you know, it's, it's we're kind of at that crossroad. Yeah. And I'm uh and I'm just like, Well, I was like, That's fine. You know, I, I'm married now, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start figuring something out. Um and I remember Ann and I got this duplex in and off of Bradfordton Road there yeah, here in Springfield right, well. and um I'm just sitting there at my kitchen table like, All right, what am I gonna do? And Ann's like yeah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Man. <laughs> and uh so I go I, before you know it. I'm out at I'm out at Lincoln Land, just kind of seeing yeah. what they're up to.
0: So it wasn't like some agonizing, like oh man, like you know I can't believe my career's over.
1: Yeah, the writing the writing was kind of already it on slowly the slowly kind of happened. Yeah, it? it was kind yeah. of already on the wall. Writing was already on the wall. Yeah. And in the in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I've already lived the dream. I've yeah. gotten to the big leagues. I've made a little bit of money. Yeah. You know, I've I've sa- saved up and i really am i'm like you know it's time for me to move on jason jason had already moved on you know he he was he was already done and working for the bank springfield yeah. and um even though i wasn't sure what direction i really wanted to go i was like you know what i was like joe i think i'm done man i really appreciate everything that you've done for me um but i, I just think i'm going to try to see what i can get my hands on here in springfield and yeah. um and go from there so man, that's a um life. It wasn't it wasn't a couple of weeks later where I you know the Oakland A's and the Milwaukee Brewers both called <laughs> and said hey we need a we need a guy in double A uh, somewhat but I had already I had already kind of set the wheels in motion that yeah. I was going to start start moving on um had a discussion with the Giants about getting into coaching mm-hmm. and um you start thinking about okay, the salary that they were paying the coaches and the lifestyle that these coaches had to live. That's what pushed O'Malley out. My my dream my dream was to play in the big leagues, not to coach in the big leagues. Yeah. Um, and so to, for that lifestyle, living out of a suitcase, all those things that eventually do wear on you, yeah. um, was not something that I wanted to pursue. I mean yeah, they they sure. offered they and I even I long conversation with several of the Giants coaches about this because um, they were like, man, you'll be really good, you would be really good, and I was like, well, it been, yeah. I was like the only job that I think that I would really want to do in, in baseball that wasn't playing would be to be the actual bullpen catcher for the big league team. <laughs> I was like, you, yeah. you told me that I can warm those guys up. Cause I, I still, to this day, love to just throw the gear on and catch a bullpen. Yeah. I was like, but you told me that I've, I've got a really good shot at having that job within a couple of years. Well, you, just, you, you never know, you know, those are, those are kind of the, the manager's friends sometimes yeah. and their buddy buddy system. And right. I was like, well, I'm not going to roll the dice and go, you know, go coach in Hagerstown, Maryland. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, or wherever the heck else they were going to send me for you know thirty thirty grand a year. In and hopes of that being yeah. End goal. And so, um, I was done.
2: Yeah,
1: I said that was it, and uh, I truly was at peace about it. I That's there cool. was there wasn't any emotional breakdown yes. or anything like that. Like I said, I I'd already it, it was easier that I'd I'd gotten the chance to to experience the big leagues that that really that really helped it, had i had i not gotten that who knows yeah maybe i would have held on but yeah. um you know you've always got guys that are that are either hanging in there with real opportunity and then there's guys that are holding on and yeah. i wasn't i was not going to hold on i yeah. was not going to hold on to the to the to getting back
0: i respect so. that and uh, you know i'm not by no means am i comparing myself or my career to you but i, and I played some indie ball my career ended with a concussion too and yeah. i know how brutal that can feel when you, you can't remember things and you're, you know, you're, 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 you're dizzy and mm-hmm. it's hard to drive and colors are messing with you and TV. That's, it's a scary
1: time. So what it is a scary time. And, and so, and there's still times where I feel like, am I going to be one of these guys that has CTE, you know, these, these, these concussion guys. I wonder that too. And, you know, I, oh, and I wanted to have a family and we've got two beautiful kids now and I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world and if I would have continued to hold on and gotten more foul tips or right, yeah. had another impact, like what could that have done? And I mean, essentially that's why Mike Matheny gave it up. Right. I mean, Mike still had years left of, of catching if he really wanted it, but it, he was, he was, he was in a bad place.
0: Do now. you feel like your brain is healthy? Like you got out of it? Okay. Oh Yeah. No.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean the fact that I can recall stories and, you know, maybe, maybe not to the, to the perfect order, but yeah. Um, yeah, memory and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I I, I don't think I've got any long term you know go. Yeah. Um, effects. So
0: you seem like you're yeah. here with me.
1: But <laughs> so yeah, you know, yeah. go back to that that question of uh, so what are you gonna do now? <laughs>
0: yeah. Before we do that, um, I, I I saved my my, my Jason Canelier quotes oh, in, yeah. in, until now. So let's just get through a few of these. They, they they were so they you know they went from childhood to high school, so I didn't want to like do it all at one point. So here we go. We've gone through your whole baseball career. So I'll just I'll talk a little. Little JA quotes here. So, uh, took to catching very quickly. It came natural to him. Um, he made me better, and I made him better. I truly believe that we were always pushing each other. Sometimes making fun of each other was the motivation. Uh, finish each other's sentences all the time to this day. Some say we share a brain. Uh, we know what each other are thinking. We know each other's limits. When it's time to push or support, a pat on the back. Uh, being drafted in high school felt like it came out of nowhere. He, like he said, he, he said, You hit 156 as a freshman in high school. He was laughing about that. Uh, That's double. That's double what I really (laughs) had. Continued to get better and better in high school, never stopped. Oh, this is cool. Oh, yeah. uh, So you remember this. A motivational speaker in high school inspired you two to be healthier and, and work harder. You guys stopped drinking soda. There was some guy that came and talked to you guys like a lot of times yeah. it's easy to blow that off in high school, right?
1: Yeah, I couldn't tell you his name, but right. it, it was it was about the side effects of caffeine and drugs and everything else. But so obviously we weren't doing drugs and we, you know, yeah. we weren't we weren't out drinking alcohol, but it was even caffeine. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, caffeine can really have a an adverse effect on your body. So we yeah. we didn't drink any caffeine, soda, anything.
0: You know, I've always thought you guys were, were a nice balance of like. You know, you guys worked hard, did the right things, but you weren't like nerds, squares. You guys had some fun. Oh yeah, but, yeah, but
1: yeah, don't don't let us fool you. Were but the appropriate st- amount, like yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, we got uh, ourselves in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: we know each other's darkest secrets and greatest successes. Uh, on Ju's athleticism, used to joke. Uh, there used to be a joke between the basketball team and baseball team at Lincolnland on who who could win if you guys actually, you know, had a game. Uh, J.A. said you know, he could just throw it up anywhere around the rim and, and you could tomahawk it down just incredibly strong legs.
1: Yeah, that was, that was actually a lot of fun. So I don't know when exactly that took hold, but, um, I remember in, in high school I couldn't dunk in, in my senior year, but all the extra strength that I obviously got, man, I could jump out of the gym. You could, yeah. I mean, it was crazy. And, yeah. you know, Jason would bounce it off the floor and I'd find a way to grab it and just go cool. you know, holly it. I mean, yeah. you name it, but that was, that was a lot of fun.
0: Absolutely. Uh, his swing path was was ahead of its time. J.U. hit the ball in the air a lot. Tried to hit some fly balls in BP. I would be chirping at him. you know, Hit another one off the top of the turtle, you jackass. <laughs> <laughs> he did. That totally sounds like you Oh, <laughs> yeah,
1: He did. He's trying to get his fly ball working, and I wasn't cooperating.
0: Yep. Uh, Batted cleanup for us in Lincoln Land. Justin uh, led when he had to. had Had great command of his pitching staff. Not the type to get in your face unless it was a real problem. Uh, really led us. We really led as a group at Lincoln. All of us were rolling in the same direction, and everyone was bought in. Called a great game behind the dish. Plus plus arm. Five out of five. Uh, a catcher that could really run. Only a step slower than me. We've we've, we've touched on that. Uh, Hand was still hurt when he was drafted at Miami. <clears throat> uh, it was understood that you might as well go pitch, um, with the understanding that you were going to go back to catching, or was it an option. Kind of a question. Incredible seeing him drafted three times. We all thought he was going to go out of Lincoln uh, After finally having a better year than him, the year of my life, he still gets drafted ahead of me, and he has a broken hand. He was laughing about that. Uh, and he wanted me to ask you about the All-Star game, but we already talked about
1: that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they, they, they obviously some great times with him. And, um, you know, they, still my favorite, my favorite teammate of all time. You know, he's – we, we had a lot of a lot of cool experiences together and, and to be able to experience the professional journey kind of at the same time. Yeah. And then when he he actually so signed with the Giants, which I know you guys covered on in his yeah. story, but he came to the Giants that spring. And that was kind of cool just to have him around. Absolutely. And, um, it, he saw the writing on the wall, too. You know, he knew he knew that it was time to kind of move on and, and get into a, a different yeah. career. And so, um, yeah, all, all good stuff. right? I think there. both
0: of you guys walked away from the game with your head held high, you know. Everyone 100 100 yeah
1: you know no regrets you you could play the what if game yeah you know should I have stayed with the Giants because of the way way things kind of transpired after I left yeah. with them kind of going with the youth movement and guys getting opportunities that I was clearly ahead of in the depth chart you know, yeah. before the, you never know what would happen I mean you yeah. just don't so right. I there's no there's no regrets um every every single place I went to I could see the entire country. Um, lots of very cool cities, cool ballparks, yeah, dude. Um, relationships that, that I'll have forever, yeah. memories that I'll have forever. I mean, just amazing, amazing 10-year journey.
0: Yeah, the game really set you up and shaped you in, in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. So moving on here, we're, we're, we're done with baseball as a player. Mm-hmm. Now we're, we're coming back home and we're going to figure out life. Uh, do you remember the show In Living Color back oh, oh, yeah. Right, so that's oh, like yeah. uh, it was like the, the Waynes brothers, Jim Carrey,
1: Tommy I mean, Davidson, I think there Jamie was this, Fox was in. Yeah, that. a oh, ton yeah, of yeah. stars.
0: Uh, there was a skit that was called like uh, the Jamaican Dad or something like that. Anyway, the whole premise of it was there was this Jamaican Dad, this Jamaican family, and I guess Jamaican people are hardworking. So it was like he would make fun of people if they only had a couple jobs. He had like ten jobs or twelve jobs. He'd be like, "Only got four jobs, man. You're lazy." <laughs> and that always made I me. I do remember. That, that always made me think of you because this guy. <laughs> it was insane what you were doing once your baseball career was over. He would be. Uh, personal training at Body Cemetery at like 4 or 5 in the morning, and then you you do that for however many hours, then you'd head to Lincoln Land to do, I know you were involved in their study tables and their weight room and then office an assistant coach. You were doing hitting lessons at, at night. Um, you were getting paid to uh, be a coach for, for travel teams. I mean, th- there were days, I mean, you, you probably start at 4 in the morning and get done at 9, 10 at night. For years, yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, I don't know how you did I it. I don't know how I did it as long as I, I did know. it.
1: But um, I knew that. Well, I didn't know that I wanted to stay in baseball. I thought that that's what I was supposed to do. Yeah, you know, you you have this career, you have all this knowledge and information, and um, you just think, you know, what this is what I'm supposed to do? It's a natural progression. You're done playing, so now you got to go coach. And yeah, um, so. I didn't want to, didn't want to leave springfield though you know Ann yeah. and I yeah, obviously we're married you know we want to start you know, start home and the family and and so um, went out had a conversation with, with Riggle, obviously and he he welcomed me with open arms to, to be part of his staff yeah. uh, talked to Chad about you know getting getting involved on the training side and, and training some athletes yeah um, because i I knew that really helped my career so that sports specific training at an earlier age could have benefited me so I thought that that would have been a good angle to start pursuing and then yeah just baseball lessons and instruction um there was always a demand there and I always kind of did a few here and there when I was playing but um you know just just kind of it took off once they knew that I once once I started doing and people knew that I was doing them I could have I could have done 100 a week I mean it was just crazy yeah and so um I didn't like I didn't like to say the word no very often. So <laughs> <laughs> um, you're right. I so I started training. Chad had some clients that that wanted to train with me that, that thought that I had a good rapport with. So yeah, I started at you know like five a.m. and I would Man. I would try to do a schedule there Monday through Friday from like five a.m. to ten or eleven, and then Bull was able to at of Lincolnland get me get me obviously make me an assistant coach. But as far as a, a salaried position, there wasn't there wasn't one available, right? He was, he yeah, had Danny McGee and, um, I think, well, Weaver was still, I think Weaver was still helping out at that yeah. time. And so he's like, Hey, we can get you, we can get you kind of uh, overseeing the fitness center. And there's a, there's a, there's a stipend there that you get and then, yeah. but you just have to work so many hours there. So I would try to get out there between 11 and, and, and one, 11 and two, because practice started at one or two o'clock every day. So I'd, Try to finish up at body symmetry, race out to Lincoln land, get my hours in, and basically oversee the fitness center and open gym, and then you know sometimes study tables, and then practice started at one. We'd have a one o'clock practice till about three or four, and then I would then I would schedule my lessons after that, and I would yeah. do lessons from four four o'clock in the afternoon. Sometimes yeah, like you said, till nine ten o'clock at night. I don't know how you did it. And um, this whole time, I'm just go 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 go, yeah. and the work ethic is still there. Uh, the passion's still there yeah um before you know it um the they they i got a call that people needed that need they wanted a a summer coach you know uh mitch Mitch trees crew they they were they were they were transitioning into the high school ranks mitch trees was an unbelievable you know kind of phenom player himself yes and so um, I'd already been working with him on some catching lessons and some hitting lessons at at 13, but now their their team's kind of breaking up a little bit, and their their coach no longer can coach. So they said, "Hey, you know, you, we can we can we can we can get you as our coach, and we can we can recruit some extra players, um, and we can go we can go travel." So we did that too. I I started I I think I got like seven or eight of the core kids that were coming yeah. from this team because some kids went and played for the Mules. And That team uh, became the. That writers, was and that right. was Maton's crew. Okay. All right. And so. Um, we were like, well, what are we gonna call it? We, we stuck with the Statesman name. Yeah. We stuck with the we actually stuck with the Statesman name that with Mitch Treese's crew, but we uh we were, I recruited a few extra kids that I knew and we pieced it together and yeah. um, we had a great we had a great three years there. Um, we we, we took uh, we went over to Ohio State and, and Michigan and Notre Dame and we're playing in a lot of these big schools that that I never did. Yeah. and uh, we had a blast and Anne loved it too because you know now, now Ann's, you know we're we're traveling we have no kids ourselves yeah. yet. So we're going like to all and these t-
0: enjoying and just having you around. Well yeah, More, that too. You know? Yeah, like, so this
1: is her baseball experience, yeah. it, you know, as a as a husband and wife, really, because yeah. we didn't really get that as a married couple. We got it as, you know, before from before marriage she'd come out. But
2: yeah.
1: um so now yeah, we, we spend six or seven weekends uh during the summer traveling to all these cool cities and we can go to some restaurants and we can shop a little bit and then we're we're a really good team. Just a really yeah. good team. And then the Lincoln Land team was good. We went to the we went to the national tournament a couple times yeah. out there at, at yeah. coaching. But um, yeah, it, it, it was a lot. It was, it was, an, it was a lot. And I, I don't. I don't regret doing it. I mean, I, again, relationships, people that I was training on the, on the strength and conditioning side for Chad at body symmetry, all the relationships that I got through Lincoln land and those, those players yeah. um, all the kids that I've impacted the lessons over the years. You've impacted uh, a lot of people, man. It, 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 was it, it, it was a lot, but it was, it was a blast doing it too. So, it was going to be have, hard to sustain. I could
0: tell you that. <laughs> people that, uh, speaking of people that you've impacted, uh, I, I interviewed. You know, Aper and Mitch Trees, and both of them, you know, think of you as such a such a mentor. And I've got some some quotes of them.
1: Yeah, like I was here. very blessed to coach both those. Cool. Um, you know, talented. You know, like like Chad got to train us. You know, that we were a challenge. You know, I could I I can train a, a five or six year old and try to teach them, but these kids had real ability. They had real Absolutely, talent, yeah. and. Um, my goal was to just kind of pass along bit, tidbits of information, all the different coaches that I had and all the different things that I was trying to be taught. Yeah. Some things stuck, some things I didn't like, some things didn't work, but I had just all this, all these things that I could throw at them and say, yeah. hey, try this. Uh, yeah. Okay, you don't like that? Let's try this. Yeah. Um, and so that. just like we did when we were in the cage together. Yeah. I mean, so you just keep trying stuff. And so very blessed to be able to work with some guys that had some real ability and just not screw them up. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, that, what what good is all this experience and knowledge if you don't if you don't pass it on? you know? Yeah. So that's just you've had such an impact on the Springfield community and baseball in so many ways.
1: I never thought I would have the patience to, to coach little ones I, <laughs> that obviously that obviously got better. You know, yeah. if you would have come to me at 25 and said, hey, will you work with my eight year old? I don't think I, I don't think I would have had the patience right. that, that came that came, you know, as yeah. I, like, you know, 28, 29, 30 yeah, years old, sure. you know, uh, you start to realize, oh, yeah, man, I can I could I could i can now teach this now that yeah. i fully understand it myself yeah. i can now try to pass this along and you we'll get say. better the more you teach it the more you talk about it um the better you are at uh, at teaching it right yeah. We'll so say. yeah
0: and l- I, I know ryan aper just has so much gratitude towards you and like what you meant to his career and like the whole process so let me just get through some yeah. some Aper quotes here, and also let me give it up to aper for being the first guest to come on here like he set the tone for this whole thing like him being awesome and being willing to speak about his experiences and being so so well-spoken, it just – he set the tone for everyone going forward. So I, I love that guy, one of my best friends, and thank you, Aper. Anyway, all right, Ryan Aper quotes. Uh, First met J.U. on my visit to Lincoln Land. I was very aware of who he was. He always had the most energy on the field, including all the players. This is as a coach. Yeah. Always did, no question. He talked about you, you know – Throwing, throwing BP and dropping down and knocking out push-ups in between stuff. and like <laughs> This dude never stopped. Uh, him being a huge uh, determining factor in coming to Lincoln Land made the decision that much easier. Uh, put me over the edge. Um, an absolute unit, a machine. This guy could kick my ass. <laughs> I, I, and they said, I, I couldn't let my coach outwork me. So he, he set the bar so high. Uh, Justin never told anyone no for extra work. Never. And that was really cool. Uh, first and foremost, his resume speaks for itself. You would never question what he has done or what he knows. His hitting advice was so meaningful and simple for me. Two things that always stand out to me, deliver the barrel high, keep your hands above the ball, be on time. Those were cues that you know stuck with me through my, my whole career and really took me to the next level. Uh, if Justin told me to stand backwards on my head, I would have done it. That's the kind of respect I had for him and others did as well. Justin was a role model to me, um, have the utmost respect for how he carries himself. Treats others well, such a good person, willing to share his, his knowledge, a true mentor. You know, meant so, so much to me. Um, led by example, was a doer, uh, more more than a motivational speech guy. And I've got a couple clips here that I'd like to play from April. You, you, yeah,
1: you, yeah. Think no, you I would. To no, share? I was just gonna say, April. April. April was so fun to work with, so fun to watch play. Gosh. And yeah. again. You didn't have to reinvent the wheel with him. It with was talent. just you see you see something that this might work for him, so let's give it a try. Um, and and I'm glad he said that, you know, because again, you you can't. Um you know anybody that wanted extra work, that wanted to get some extra work. You know, as a coach, you should say yes. I yeah. mean, obviously, we've all got other things we have to we have yeah. to do and other responsibilities. But if I had the time to give, I was certainly going to give it to a guy like Ryan Aper that, you know, you you saw the potential in him and the and the yeah. places that he could go. So
0: oh, this is perfect then, because I've got so obviously a part of you and having all this time too is is and being supportive of you and like being with this and on this train with you. So. Uh, this one, this clip is going to be called Flowers for Anne from April.
4: I also want to give the, a world of credit to his wife. I mean, what an yeah, amazing Anne. person that she has to be. Seriously. Yeah, and I, and I know her, you know, a little bit. We helped him move uh, some stuff. So, you know, just being around him, I know her a little bit. But, my gosh, man, I, I think that Justin okay. is probably one of the luckiest dudes on the face of the earth in terms of who he partnered with. Because she allowed it. You know, I'm sure life is much differently, much different for them now with kids. But back in those days, man, there was yeah. – I don't remember a time where Justin told us no. And there might be one of us, there might be eight of us. Yeah. The iron mic turns on and he's just dotting it, right? You know, <laughs> on the corners, up yeah. in the zone. I mean, the guy – he was a better version of an iron Mike, which is an old school, you know, pitching machine. Yeah. JU was yeah. like iron Mike 2.0. Pretty
5: cool.
1: Well, I, I would say yeah, you know, I had, haven't haven't gotten very emotional during during much of this, you know, because I tried to prepare myself for it. But <laughs> but I tell you, you know, I am the luckiest guy in the world, you yeah. know, and obviously unbelievable support from Anne as a player, as a coach, um, as a as a you know as her being my wife yeah. I mean she is just the she's a great mother she's a great wife love uh, and she was a great uh, partner during my journey and so uh, again we were we were we started dating oh4 uh, matter of fact I met Anne um, at the office sports bar yeah. and uh, she was she she'd already graduated from UIS and mm-hmm. she was working for um, she's working in the governor's mansion and now she yeah. works for another state agency but um, she was working for Tommy Delello we, we went to the office all the time yeah and so uh, she thought I was a little cocky, you know, when I'd, I was in there or whatever, but we ended up going on a date and having, having a few, uh, few dates before I left for that season okay. in 2004, but nothing exclusive or anything like that, but I remember right before I left for that season in 2004, she just came to, to my house, my mom and dad's house, gave me a card, wanted to wish me luck and say, hey, have a great season, and uh, we talked a little bit throughout that year, but not much, and... As soon as I got home from that 2004 season, I I called her and the rest is history. That's I mean, cool. we just got got together and, um, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad he said that. I don't. I yeah. uh, hopefully hopefully most of the players understood that you know the commitment, and the time Gosh, away yeah. from from uh, family and friends. But uh, so yeah, I mean, very very cool of him to say that. Yeah,
0: Anne's, right. Anne's, Anne's a great lady. I've always enjoyed being around her. And that reminds me of a little Anne story that I want to share. Uh, this past year when you played in in the Legends game, yeah, remember that. So, um, for you guys that don't know, uh, in Springfield there's like a Legends game that I think the Horseshoes put on, or yeah, they just so started doing. It they're they're year bringing year. back like former like Cardinals and Cubs guys, like you know Ray Langford was there, Justin was there, uh, uh, Carl Farnsworth was there, some guys like that, right? Yeah, we had uh,
1: Patterson, Rick Ankiel, Corey Patterson, Jason, Jason, Jason Mott came in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway,
0: really, really, really cool. Anyway, so uh, last year when this happened, I was stationed at Station 11. I'm a firefighter. And we did something called a rig review, where we t- you take the, the, the fire truck to a, a, a neighborhood so the kids can like look at it and jump around and stuff. And you guys had like a block party or something, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And uh, I saw Ann there. You weren't there. Ann and your kids were there, and I was chatting with Ann. And she was like, oh, yeah, Justin's playing in the Legends game tonight. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. And I was like, has he been like preparing for this or getting ready? She was like, oh, no, he hasn't swung a bat or anything or done anything <laughs> like that. He's just going to show up and do it. And I was like. Okay, whatever. And then I think I texted you the next morning. I said, "How'd the game go?" And this guy sends me a clip. It doesn't say anything. Just sends me a clip. <laughs> it's a tank.
1: I did. You kidding me? I did. That was it. Was a, it was a fun experience, and I'm glad. Hang him up after that, bud. I, I know. I know. So <laughs> my uh, what's crazy about that game is so Jason and I they told us to be at the ballpark. The game wasn't until like six or seven, but they told us to get to the park at like three or four. And I'm like, well, I don't know why we need to get there that early, but we did. And they got us our jerseys, but there really wasn't anything to do. Jason and I went to the cage and threw each other about 10 balls and we were exhausted. Afterwards. <laughs> and, and I think I hit like three off the handle and I was like, oh man, this is not going to, this, gonna gonna be be, this is not going to be, be good. So Jason's first at bat in that game. He hits a, he hits a ball into the left center field gap and as he's rounding first, and this was off Kyle Farnsworth, um, as he's rounding first, he pulls his hamstring. <laughs> and you can just tell he kind of limps up, but he, he's grunting through it and he he finishes the game. So then I get up there and I hit a I hit like a just a soft chopper at a shortstop and I'm like, oh, I got to beat it out. Yeah. And uh, it's like third step, my hamstring grabs <laughs> on me. And and the only thing I wanted to do was catch. I didn't want to. I didn't even want to hit. And so I'm just like, ah, maybe I'm not going to hit anymore. I'll just have have somebody pinch hit for me or something. cuz yeah. I really don't want to run anymore. And so um, I actually had somebody come out and run the bases for me, so I could go in and just get my gear back on. And so I, I ended up catching the whole game. Well, my next at bat, next at bat, I come up and I hit a I hit a laser to left field. And it was just a it's just a base hit, and I pretty much walked to first base because my hamstring was I mean I could yeah. not I couldn't even jog it was it really hurt, and so uh, again I waved somebody to come come pinch run for me, and then I'm like all right I'm gonna do one more at bat so I, I come up again, and I, I I don't know if it was the like the third pitch of the at bat and I it. and I just smash it. And dead, I'm dude. like, I was like, oh, that might get out of here. <laughs> well, sure as heck, it hit the it hit the top of the wall. Did it really? It actually hit the very top <laughs> of the wall and bounces over. And luckily, my nephew, my nephew and one other guy recorded it. And so uh, you could kind of hear by the crowd like they weren't sure when it hit the wall, like if it went over, if it went up. Yeah. It was like, yeah, uh, yeah. There was like a yeah. little pause in between. Oh, and man. so I'm like, well, I gotta, I gotta jog. And so. I literally took about 30 seconds to get all the way around wow. the bays. I was basically just light jogging, and it, every step just killed my hamstring.
0: Do I know we're like this is like fun and what? But like your kids got to see you. Yeah, that you that's know, really cool. It was, it was, and it they was, never got to see you play. It was you know? very cool. Yeah, and they yeah.
1: never got. So there's a there's a video clip of McKenna like saying, "Come on, Daddy," you know, and oh, she's man. cheering, and so that's sweet. Uh, that was cool. And I got a picture with her after yeah. the game, and. Uh, so it was cool, and then they they did it this year too, and they but they moved the game to uh, Memorial Day weekend, and I was like, man, I'm not gonna play this I mean, year. You can't ever hit again, can you? I, I mean, like, can I you? I really don't. I really don't want to. Well, why should you? Yeah, I think like, uh, I just go out on that one. I'll so.
0: I'll come out and catch, but I'm done hitting. Yeah, obviously, all
1: time all time catcher or something.
0: <laughs> Finish on yeah. a home run. I think Ted Williams did the same thing. Yeah, so. but no, right.
1: it was it, yeah, very very cool experience. <laughs> I like what the horseshoes are doing. It's it's yeah. kind of cool to see what they're trying to do in the community here.
0: Uh, I've got one more Apr clip, uh, Apr. Uh, on Ju pouring into you,
4: you know it's funny. Uh, you know you, you hear stories about people, and, and there becomes this kind of like a mantra that surrounds them a little bit, and it it could be somebody was so impressed in one short experience that they have with somebody that they just tell the story forever. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I was I was told that Justin was a hard worker. I was told he was a great a great guy, stand up guy, cared about everybody uh but then you know to actually meet Justin and to play for him and watch how much he poured into every single guy that that wanted something you know wanted some advice or wanted to hit with him or you know anybody on the team that came around him Justin was not shy uh to pour into you man i mean if you wanted to get after it Justin wanted to get after it with you always i mean that guy was throwing 8000 you know bullpen or uh, batting practice fastballs you know, like four yeah. days a week, and was doing sets of like 50 push-ups in between every single hitter. Like we'd pick up the ball, probably not every hitter. Every time we'd pick up the balls, Justin would drop down and just hit as many push-ups as he could.
2: Love it.
1: Yeah, you know what? When it comes to that, if 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 the players were willing to work hard, yeah. I was gonna I was gonna be there for them. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I'm not gonna. Just like most people, you know, I'm not. I'm gonna tell my kids, like, look, you want to go out and shoot hoops, you know let me know i'll I'll go out there with you you want to go out and hit hit some balls or whatever like let me know but i'm not going to ask you to go do these things like yeah you know these kids came to me said hey can we go to the cage yep let's go yeah you know you want to meet you want to meet early they they all had my cell phone number yeah it was kind of like an open door policy like hey here's my number you guys call me if you need me you know i've only got so many hours in the day so if we have to partner up and and team up you know have, have multiple guys at once we'll do it but um love it you know the the players that had the most success we took advantage of it Man, and they really did
0: i love that so um, and i i've got a i got a bowl clip here that i'm gonna play on uh just on, on you coming back to coach and what that meant
6: yeah obviously meant a ton to us and um uh, you know to, right when he got done it was something that he wanted to get into, and you know we had an opportunity to make that happen and did i mean obviously for for all those young men that were coming through our program at that time to have to have somebody that you know had played professionally and played at the highest possible level, you know, to to show that hey, I I started here just like you are, um, and you know, to to get that knowledge base of of what he had learned through pro ball and the you know the ways to get better and things to look out for and you know obviously when you talk about his help with Ryan Aper just you know navigating what what getting drafted is like um, right. and how those things are going to go along, uh, so he just he just did an awesome job for us and. You know, uh, filled a huge need at the time, and um, you know, obviously hated to see him go. Totally, under, totally understood. You know, yeah. life, life has its ways yeah. of moving on, and uh, yeah. you know, so so he loves what he's doing now. But uh, you know, obviously, I can't thank him enough for for all that he ever did for for our program and for our kids, and um, you know, it was a great opportunity to have that happen. You know, that's one of the things that if you kind of look back at the history of what we've done out of schools, it's 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 almost always been, you know, Lincoln Land people. Um and that's what's that's what that program has always been been built on about from back from the opportunity that I was given. Um and so obviously when I get an opportunity nice. to to give those opportunities I'd love to and uh, obviously Justin was a huge was a huge plus for us.